Good afternoon, Super Kicking It With Steven fans. Your favorite host are right here. We got Greg over there. We got Steven right here. Uh, we were just doing our pre-production meeting. You know, we, we take a lot of time in these meetings, right, Greg? Yep, yep. <laughs> so, we said, and of course, we get to talk up releases because who doesn't Yay. love fire from their job, just like last week with Bray Wyatt. Still haven't heard anything out of there, but hopefully in the next, you know, 90 days we'll hear. Uh, I still think there's a little more than just, you know, we cut him because money. Uh, I, I kind of wonder if it's mutual, but, you know, whatever. So today's main start, oh, well, sorry, topic, starting topic is the current crop of releases that got, these are all NXT men and women or women. Um so here's the names, and me and Greg were talking up, you know, we're just kind of, there. there's not many surprise, you know, there's a couple surprises, but most part this list is guys on 205 Live, guys that haven't been used, and, you know, one case of Mercedes where she was injured, and I don't know if they thought, well, she's injured, so we'll just cut her. But uh, so here are the official names. Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed, Jake Atlas, Ari Sterling, Kona Reeves, Leon Ruff, Stefan Smith, Tyler Rust, Zachariah or Zechariah Smith, Asher Hale, Giant, Zangier, and Mercedes Martinez. So, of course, you look at that list and you think, what the hell are we doing with Bronson Reed? That's all, <laughs> that's all I keep coming back to. Um, he's the name that I personally loved. I was becoming a big fan of him. Oh, I guess you could use that as a pun intended. I was a colossal fan of him, and I thought he was ready for the main roster. I thought he was going to make an impact on, you know, the main roster. Looking ahead, though, does he get, oh, you know, does he get lost in AEW right now? Like, I feel like, you know, they because NXT guys only have 30 days. So, you know, they could sign after a month, you know, whatever. I think personally he may want to wait it out and maybe go do the indies for a bit. And maybe early, you know, maybe late end of this year, early next year, you know, if they're interested, kind of, you know, or if he wants to make, you know, make that known. Um, you know, some people mentioned New Japan, which would be interesting because he's Australian. So you have a closer, you know, travel. And if New Japan has a working relationship with AEW, well, then you don't necessarily need to go AEW. Uh, Bobby Fish. He was going to job out to the diamond mine. So I don't, I, I think he'll be fine somewhere. I think the tough part is you would think him and Kyle Riley are a package deal. <laughs> you know, even though they're both singles guys now, they've been a tag team forever, as far as I know. Um, and then speaking of diamond mine, Tyler Rust, who just picked up a win, uh, I believe it was a couple weeks ago, over Bobby Fish or whatever was part of that tag team match. And now he's gone. So does diamond mine just, you know, become done. Uh, you know, some people are all high on Mercedes Martinez. Personally, me, Greg, I wasn't that high on her. You know, people could hate me for it. I thought, I think she was not that confident herself as well. So maybe that's the thing. Maybe she could go independent scene or impact wrestling or AEW and find herself and, you know, get that confidence that I just personally didn't see much in her, honestly. And you know, mm -hmm. I hate to bring up age, but she is 40, you know, 40 or so. So you got to think, you know, 
the years are counting down. So those are the three or four names that, you know, I see and I'm like, okay, what are they doing there? But really it's Bronson Reed, that name. I don't know, Greg, what, you know, what we've, we've talked him up many a times on this show and, you know, thought he was ready for the main roster. And now, but now he'll go find himself and maybe it's for, you know, it's always, they always say blessing in disguise. So, um, yeah. What about your thoughts? What are your thoughts on some of these names and, you know, current crop of releases? Yeah, I'm definitely disappointed with a bunch of those names. Uh, Ronson Reed being the biggest one. Um, guys only been getting better um, since what, last year's breakout tournament. And he's only gotten better, you know, week after week. And it took him, you know, getting some wins, getting some rain time and uh getting that homegrown momentum and which has been super hard to do with no fans mm-hmm. uh, and so uh the way the guy just kept improving kept getting better and you see he found his confidence he found his uh swagger about him and his match quality just improved because of it and i was thinking the same as you were that you know, this guy's ready to move for the main roster. You know, he's dropped the North American championship. This is the time, you know, go up and, you know, he's going to fit right in with, you know, the big bads on the main roster. And I was looking forward to it and to see he's been cut. It's like, why, what are they thinking? Um, you know, they, they do it right. And this guy can be a money-making machine. So it's uh, really, really disappointing that uh, he's been let go. Um, I'm excited for, you know, his prospects elsewhere because, you know, any place be a fool not to, you know, throw money at him. Um, I don't want to see him in AEW. I would rather see him go to an ROH or an Impact because he would be better in that setting. He's not a, even now, you know, a guy who's tied in extremely to the WWE brand. So um, he can find himself. Right. So if he pops up on Impact, he pops up on New Japan, he pops up on ROH, um, you know, he's not going to have that stigma that longer tenured WWE guys have. Of, oh, that's just uh, WWE reject. You know, he can rebuild himself. He can repackage himself and be better for it and still look like, you know, kind of a local talent or a homegrown talent. Um, so I want him to be a big fish in those ponds, the ROH pond, the impact pond. Uh, and after he gets a couple more years of experience, AEW pond. Um, mm-hmm. which is a much bigger pond than and it may uh, end up bigger than WWE pond. Well, right now, it is too crowded there years. for him. Like you said, yeah. I, I just can't see him. I mean, I could see him going there, you know, because why not? You know, like you said, you write that check. How's he going to say no? Especially if you picked up your family. Like, I don't know if he has kids or anything, but obviously his wife is here with him because she got to celebrate that moment with him like after the – was it on camera or after camera, whatever it was. So you wonder if he's picked up and relocated here. So maybe it makes more sense to do 
impact or, or you know indie scenes for a little bit. But I would just I would be worried he'd get lost in a shuffle, especially with all the rumblings about what is headed for AEW. Yeah. You know, until we see those rumblings show up on screen, though, it's just smoke and mirrors, as they always say. So, um, what about Mercedes Martinez? Everybody was going gaga on her on Twitter. Are you a fan of hers? I'm, you know, I kind of mentioned my stuff. Like, I think she looks really unsure of herself in the ring, personally. Yeah. Um, I thought she was okay. It, um, it kind of looked that way that, you know, they, promoted her as somebody who's won championships everywhere she's gone she's been around forever and yada yada and she had that look you know she looked hard she looked like you know the baddest woman in any room uh but her her actions didn't match her words or her ring work didn't match her words and it kind of sensed that uh she wished she could go harder go more you know brutal more violent than she's allowed to be Mm. and so in uh in in aw you know she would would be off she would kill out there um over in japan where they do strong style and they're more heavy-handed i think she'd be better better off out there but i think that for her style the way she is built she wasn't able to live up to that and when you think, you know, you got Shayna Baszler, you have Nia Jax, who, you know, isn't exactly like her, but still this strong. I mean, we still have Asuka out there, you know, from time to time. Uh, you know, you had, well, we did have the four horse women. We had Jessamyn Duke and, you know, who kind of looked like Mercedes. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. like, I think you, I think you do bring up a good point. And I hadn't even thought about it, that it did look like she was almost going in half speed. Maybe that, you know, when... You know, if you go and that's injury, you know, that's going to hurt you too, in a way, because if you're going half speed up, you might not, (laughs) you might not go, you might not real, you know, you're going to hurt somebody or hurt yourself because you're going to think they're going full speed and you're going half speed. So Uh, any other names on that list, though, that really, you know, we should watch out for or, you know, were you, Um, you know, like Bobby Fish, is there any thoughts on him? Uh, no, I, I can definitely see him popping up on the indies. Uh, I think that's be the best for him for a while. Um, aside from UE, we didn't know anything about him unless you're like really heavy into, into the indie scene. So um, he can go back and, you know, rebuild himself from there. Um, I was just playing at Leon Ruff because I liked yeah. after he got some airtime. Um, his charisma was off the page. You know, you want to get behind the guy. And, you know, he's another casualty of the uh, empty arena. Um, those moments with uh, Gargano and Championship would have been huge in front of a live crowd. That's true. And that was the missed opportunity. Um, and not, not his fault. But, um, you know, with... They could have easily generated another moment like that. Um, put him in that underdog role against anybody. And, you know, fans would have got behind them. And he could have had a chance to, you know, show what he can do in front of a, an audience. And um, I've noticed he's been off TV for a long time. It's just uh, really unfortunate 
that um, he didn't get that chance to get that um, homegrown approval from, you know, the NXT universe and um, become a player again. Because, you know, I like what I saw from him once they, you know, gave him some spotlight, let him shine, and I think he took advantage of it. Um, so otherwise, uh, Tyler Rush, no big deal. Jake Atlas, um, he's from the Team Malenko school. If I can't, <laughs> I, I have no personality. Um, you know, yeah, you can that, you can that's have a good way to put it. Like, there's uh, you, no charisma. It seems to Jake Atlas, or he doesn't know who he wants to be. That's right. why the bigger. <clears throat> You can like be the greatest be. wrestler, but if you don't have the the personality, the ability to get on the mic and get people to rally for you, then you're not going to be long in this world. So I mean, I guess if they let him play up the, you know, he's gay, so maybe if they let him speak about that, we could mm-hmm. have seen who he truly is. Yeah. Like, you know, and then that could, you know, but is he comfortable with doing that? So that could be a thing too, but he had no, I mean, he, he's like, it create, you know, they always joke about, um, create a wrestler in like, um, WWE games. Like that's what he looked like. Like, like you'd even like, you know, (laughs) modify anything, True. you know, like you just went 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50. Here's the, you know, first hair, first body. Here's a pair of, you know, trunks. I mean, I couldn't even yeah. recall what kind of trunks he, you know, I think he just had black trunks now that I think about it. Or maybe yeah. at, maybe it said Atlas on the back, but yeah. Um, and then there was a couple guys from 205 Live, but, you know, I, we'll see, you know, I don't, like I said, I think it's going to be curious to see where Bronson Reed, that's the name, you yeah. know, does he somehow come, I don't know, does he, you know, because if he goes to the main roster, then you think you're going to have to give him bigger contract. So that's the thing. Like you cut him from NXT. Like I don't. He was never, you know, a WWE main roster guy. So, um, so yeah, another. Uh, I do have Twitter in the background, Greg, just in case. <laughs> just in case. Last week, in case you more news. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't keep it in the background, but you know, whatever. So, uh, yeah, still crazy to think that was just a week ago. It feels like um, two thousand years ago. <laughs> so. These COVID times just make me have no sense of time anymore. Just every day feels like it's this long yeah. compared to what it used to be. But um, anyways, when we when we talk about that later. <laughs> uh, Raw. So we had Goldberg out there, you know, doing his challenge to Lashley. Uh, what about Goldberg's kid? Well, I hate even saying kid because, man, <laughs> he does not look like a kid anymore. And uh, – you know, Gage out there jawing with Lash or Left Lashley and MVP Goldberg Spears. Lashley accepts. So we are officially, Greg, on the road to Goldberg, Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship in the year of our Lord 2021 SummerSlam in Vegas. Like I said, whoever had that on their bingo card, give me all the lottery numbers right now. <laughs> I had no clue that Bobby Lashley, but I can't go over the kid. He's got to be like 16, 15 now. <laughs> what a what a difference five years makes because they showed a side-by-side picture, and I should try to bring it up so we could screen share it, um, of Gage when Goldberg first came on the ring in 2011 with his dad. He 
had no shirt on, a pair of black pants. And now that kid is like, <laughs> he looks like he's ready to roll into the PC for, you know, in a couple right. of years. Like, I mean, Goldberg has definitely been uh, helping him out a lot. So, um, do we need to add anything else, Greg? Do you want to add anything else about, you know, we've, we've talked it up. Now it's official. So now you can officially speak your thoughts on it. Yeah. Lashley. Officially, it still sucks. Um, <laughs> officially, I still hope that uh, Big E ends up cashing in <laughs> by uh, the uh, Goldberg gets the surprise uh, win and then Big E cashes in on him. So he gets to live on his dream of having a match with Goldberg and uh, taking the championship. That's the only so. way I'll buy this match, Greg. That's, I mean, and I, I hope that all the Big E trying to go at Roman is maybe a red herring for that. Right. You know, especially that little, whatever that segment was yesterday when Big E's just like. <laughs> <laughs> right. And did you see the, the there's, there's a, um, apparently a live event. Biggie perched like leg legs, you know, in a certain position, like and making out with the briefcase and humping the heck out of the turnbuckle. I mean, I was just like, <laughs> if that's him with the bit with the case, are we gonna get the live sex celebration? You know, with just him and the <laughs> him in the title if he wins it, like mm. you know, we'll recreate just him in the title and the maybe he'll call her Lita just for fun for you know shits and giggles, but. Um, yeah, this, the Lashley Goldberg, like I said, I will be all behind your idea. I'm not confident in it, but I will, I will be on board. If Biggie muscles his way down to that ring, I will be cheering like hell to get Biggie to cash in and win. Uh, cause that's the only way that we can salvage this. Right. You know, or Lashley just has to kill him. Literally kill Goldberg in the middle of the ring. So that Gage has to come out there and like, you know, tell them to stop, but <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, anyways. How about Drew McIntyre defeated Veer Shaky versus DQ? Once again, we're getting chairs and the sword involved. What kind of gimmicky match? Are, I mean, I feel like we're going to go, you know, it, Extreme Rules is still a month away, so I feel like the SummerSlam match still has to be just a straight up one-on-one, and I guess if gender wins, whatever, but you know, are we going? Maybe we're going to do a gimmicky match for SummerSlam and Extreme Rules, Greg. Or do you still think we need just Drew and um, Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal one on one at SummerSlam? Then maybe a six man gimmicky, you know, chairs match at Extreme Rules. Yeah, uh, the way it looks, the old formula of where, uh, okay, I'm beating up your cronies week after week. Now you can't love me. Um, so this has the smell of, you know, the first match of SummerSlam, uh, just straight up Drew versus gender. And then Port Stream rules, you know, one of those getting matches, you know, a, a, a chairs match or I would say a TLC match, but nobody wants to see that. Um, or, or, or no DQ, something like that. Yeah. But, like yeah, you feel like Veer and Shanky are going to interfere probably with chairs because the chairs keep coming in and then that way we can get the chairs match. And yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say maybe Viking Raiders help drew. Uh, Cause we, you know, we kind of think they're out of the tag team title picture right now. So I could kind of see, you know, like I said, Viking Raiders, 
Viking Raiders and Drew against Gender and um, Veer and Shanky and let Drew do up his makeup, you know, like Braveheart, kind of match Viking Raiders. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'd rather have Drew win at SummerSlam. I guess, like I said, I'm probably calling for him to win by DQ. So really he'll get the better of the feud and, you know, and hopefully rebuild himself for a good run at Royal Rumble and, you know, a good match at WrestleMania. I mean, I'll, yes, he got, you know, Brock Lesnar, but once again, or sorry, he got Bobby Lashley, but lost, you know, he still, he still hasn't had that WrestleMania moment in front of the crowd. Like we all want him to. So, you know, hopefully WrestleMania in Dallas, um, I, I don't know, Greg. I'm kind of thinking him and Cena would be something. I don't know why. It seems like he wants Cena, and that would be a good win for him. And it would get him. It wouldn't get him the title, you know, because maybe people still don't want him to have the title by then. You know, is there any idea what you think? You know, I know this is way far off ahead. Any thoughts on maybe what Drew could do for WrestleMania that wouldn't be title, you know, contendership type deal? Not yet. Um, I think I think Drew's even a longer term prospect than that. Um, I'm thinking maybe two years down the road instead of this coming WrestleMania to WrestleMania after that, because um, it's going to be even bigger. It's going to be in Los Angeles. It's going to yeah, be true. Um, a bigger as big as this production is going to be in Dallas. L.A. is going to be totally off the hook. Um, L.A. is where I see uh, Roman Reigns against The Rock. Mm-hmm. Because, and you Frankie know, LA... and John Morrison versus The Miz and Maurice. That is hey. our main event, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hollywood, no Hollywood, more LA than maybe that. they could do the, the backlot brawl. We could bring that back from, you know, Piper and uh, Goldust back in the day. True, true. Pot, that backlot brawl, and then of course uh, Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole did the the parking lot brawl. But uh, yep, yeah, yep. Roman Roman and The Rock, that should be your penciled in one of your main, you know, probably your main event for WrestleMania 38. I don't care which aisle Roman's at. You know, maybe he went he when he maybe he goes face and goes back to heel just to heal it up against The Rock. But yeah, that should be because you like you said. Doing it up in Hollywood, um, yeah. But I, I would love right. to see just Drew and Cena, or you know, maybe Drew and AJ. I know we've already got them, but that's kind of something too. So um, yeah, yeah I think Drew to build him back up to the top is going to be a longer than a six seven month process. So you know, we give him a, a mid card spot on this WrestleMania, and then on the WrestleMania after in LA. Then we move him back into the top spot against uh, whomever for the title. Yeah. Which, yeah, who knows? <laughs> At this rate, if there's anybody left, it might just be Drew by default. It'll be just Drew in an empty, empty match, and they'll just be like, here, take the title. Get your WrestleMania moment, kid. Uh, Rhea Ripley defeated Nia Jax. I think we're starting to see it, Greg, what you've always wanted. There's a little splinter <laughs> between. Nia and Shayna, just as small until next week when they're tag teaming up against, you know, Dana Brooke and Rhea Ripley or something like that. But I think I think they realize they have to break them up and, you know, draft time, probably separate them. Not or, you know, if not before, like it, it, 
it needs to be done. So uh, Rhea Ripley, though, man, she could hit that. She hit that Riptide on Nia twice, though. That is, that's you know <laughs> that's no easy feat. That you know that's no. like dead weight. So, um, but have at it, Greg. You're you're getting a small small glimpse into your hope and wishes. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> I was watching. I was getting closer to the edge of my seat. Every second that was going by, I was like, "Here it comes! Here it comes! Do it!" And you know, we got the argument. We are. I was like, "Waiting for the hands. Come on, come on with the hands." And we didn't get it. Shannon bowed out of the ring. I was like, "Wow!" Yeah, <laughs> so, it's I'm, coming. I'm sure you can feel it, but I was like, "Yes, at least it's the the embers are smoldering, and it's only be a couple more weeks before it becomes a fire." And you know, maybe there's your SummerSlam match, Shayna against Nia, and. Uh, I was going to say, do you want it that soon, or do you break them up after SummerSlam and let them do some of the extreme rules? Well, what else do they have to do? I mean, there's, <laughs> yeah. you know, who is It's like gonna, the Dakota guy gonna... and Raquel thing. Like, you know, we were like, well, it's too soon in a way, but then there's nobody else for Raquel, so you almost had to right. do it. So. And the, and the tag team division is a failure right now. So and You could do a kickoff show match, I guess. Right. I mean, it doesn't need to be on the main card. I don't know if I want it on the main card. Do you want it on the main card? No. <laughs> okay. well, then, that's fine. If they break up now, then yeah, sure. Um, how about, so I, you know, speaking of maybe coming up from the ashes, Mason T-Par. Oh, wow. I'm sorry there. Mason T-Bar <laughs> defeat Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. Just as I was singing the praises of how much I'm behind Mansoor, Mansoor, and Ali breaking Mason T Bar pick up a win. Go figure. Because what do we love, or what do we not love the best is 50 50 booking. Like, come on, <laughs> Mason T Bar, you are the Ascension 3.0, whatever, you know, authors of pain territory. Like, and then they pick up a win. So I, I get it because you don't want Mansoor and Ali, you know, just together right away but then again you know we've already done this with orton and riddle and this feels about the same now so it's like you could have changed it up you know just had to pick it up wins picking up wins picking up wins but um i mean i guess you're gonna have to have mansoor you know fit into what ali wants to do and that's probably why they're going to keep losing uh am i totally out of the line of thinking of that gregor what do you think I, I agree with you with the caveat that um, looking at it from a broader scope that all the uh, performers of Indian descent are heels. If you look at Jinder and his guys, and then you look at Mansoor and Ali potentially, um, you know, you're putting all the Indian descent guys into the heel group so is this why that one week it looks like they're leaning towards the good side one week looks like they're leaning towards the bad side um do you want to have a um a collab and put all the indian set guys together and do like a indian nation of domination kind of thing or are you going to show some diversity and show you know this indian group over here can 
you know, be faces. Uh, but Ali in there is kind of hard to see that, knowing um, that he is definitely on the heel side of things. So looking at it from a broader lens, um, that's what gives me pause and wondering what side are they on. And maybe that's the reason for the 50-50 booking, showing this week they win when they play this way, this week they lose when they play that way. So it's confusing. But I'm a little curious to see which way they turn out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I I think I'd rather them go the face side because we see so much of this type of character. You know, like we had it, like Jinder's been a heel forever, other than when he was in 3MB. You know, we had um, uh, way back in the day with Hogan taking him out, you know, with Davari, the, the uh, Muhammad Hassan character, yeah. you know, right after like 9-11-ish. And they yeah. made him, you know, it... I mean, I guess the great Kali, you've kind of gone back, you know, when he was like the Pujami playboy, but he couldn't talk worth anything. And he made out with Beth Phoenix to get eliminated. So whatever. Um, but that's why I kind of want Ali to have to give into Mansoor. You know, I keep going back, Mansoor. Like, give it to his side of thinking, like, maybe we do need to do things the right way. And, you know, maybe keep his edge about him, though. And, you know, see how that goes. Just because, like I said, I, you know, like when Ali was on 205 Live, I thought it he was, you know, he was a face. Like him and Cedric Alexander played up that friendship they had. And it showed that, oh, yeah, you know, this type of person doesn't need to be a heel. You know, we can mm-hmm. see that. Right. He loves his family. He has a baby coming on the way. Like, you know, he celebrates this, fest, you know, and I don't know. That's my personal thinking. And especially since gender and his his men are playing it up so much on the heel side of things but i think i i will follow your line i think i feel like they'll have Mansoor follow ali's thinking and have to heal it up a little bit and let them be a tag team for a little bit of time so mm-hmm. uh tamina defeated dewdrop no natalia out there so we still don't know what natalia's i haven't heard any time frame yet i know she had surgery and i was if you hear surgery, you don't think like, oh, she's going to come back, you know, a week or two. I mean, that's, you know, it's surgery. Like, so um, I it does. Obviously, we got Alexa Bliss being involved, you know, Alexa calling out Carbella for the loss. I still feel like we'll get Alexa Bliss and Dewdrop at SummerSlam and then Dewdrop will win so that Eva Marie can say the win. And then maybe at Extreme Rules. Alexa tries to call out Eva Marie to do some gimmicky match there. So we could kind of, you know, maybe they'll do Alexa's Alexa's playground match, you know, so you can use the playground. Or maybe they could have the match at that little backstage area, you know, that she does the the skits at. So, um, Mm -hmm. Greg, any thoughts on Tamina and Dewdrop's match? I mean, Dewdrop still looks pretty strong, though. And, you know, she's losing because of even Marie type deal. So there's still, you know, we still haven't got the breakup yet. Maybe we're, we're probably pushing that out a little bit past extreme rules at this rate. It feels like, which is fine, but you know, at the, it's, it's all about Alexa and Carmella right now. And Dewdrops are kind of stuck in the middle right now for it. Yeah. Uh, it was a, it was a decent match. Um, didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they they do look good. Uh, they finished you kind of expected. Uh, even though I did expect to drop the win, um, it just kind of shows you know you're still the new kid and you're not there yet. And you know the distraction, of course, is part for the course these days. Um, I was just thinking of, of when she turns, it has to be a big moment, not on Raw. I want it to be on a pay-per-view. So um, if they do a SummerSlam match with Bliss and, you know, even Marie, it should happen there. Uh, if they don't, you know, then, you know, at Extreme Rules, because they're still poking at the whole uh, even Marie picking at Lily, and it's going to grow into something. So um, I think SummerSlam would be a great moment for the – uh, for Piper to go ahead and claim her name there uh, once she, uh, you know, turns on Eva Marie. Uh, otherwise, you know, at Extreme Rules or you know, whenever they have their next, you know, big pay-per-view match, you know, yeah. give her that and, spotlight. And that's, a, and that's, I guess SummerSlam would be interesting if, you know, if you had Ava Marie try to announce herself as the winner and then Dewdrop just takes the mic is like, no, I won. And even if you keep the Dewdrop name, maybe she plays up that, you know, with Ava Marie trying to, you know, spite her at it. So um, we got a couple matches here close together because they t- tied into each other. Damian Priest defeated John Morrison and then Damian Priest and Ricochet defeated Sheamus and John Morrison. By the way, Greg, Ricochet has been bulking himself up, hasn't he? He's like, Vince better not cut me because he's got some good <laughs> definition to him lately. You know, like, I mean, he's, I think he's been doing a lot of boxing, like from his Instagram feed and all that or Twitter feed. And so, it, I mean, he's got some good definition to him now. So he must be like, you know, I better build up before Vince starts to cut me loose from, you know, 205, or 205 and under club. Uh, but I threw these matches together because they all tied in together. You know, it's all about, for me, Damian Priest coming out party, winning the U.S. title at SummerSlam. Like we said, in Vegas, in front of a crowd, like, you know, why not? You know, are, you need to do it. Like, there's no why about it. It should happen. So uh, any thoughts on these kind of two matches mixed together? I know I put them together because they, they happen right after each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not much about it except for building up the Sheamus and uh, pre-storyline. Even though I agree with you on Ricochet, love the guy. I've been waiting for him to get his moment. And uh, so I'm still pulling for you, Ricochet. Get it, man. Uh, he's looking good. He's looking like he's starting to look like a superhero. I thought the, in his outfit and uh, the way he was moving, he kind of looked like Spider-Man. Um, but, uh, yeah, I agree with you 100% that uh, – it's time to make that change at uh, SummerSlam with Priest uh, beating Sheamus. Uh, Sheamus is going to lose any shine. I'm sure they're going to have a great match. Uh, a nice smash mouth match like uh, the last one they had. Where he, you know, kicked his face mask off. You know, that's the kind of, you know, heavy handed that's what we're going to be looking for. And they're going to bring it, I'm sure. But so um, you go ahead and put it on Priest, see what he can do. So I'm actually looking forward to that match now. And even bacon, I wouldn't mind, you know, opening match. Like, you can really let, you know, Priest have that moment. Kick off, you know, not kick off 
the kickoff show, but kickoff match, like yeah. the you know opening the curtain, and then that really shows you like you know you're letting him have that moment and kind of build it up. Uh, almost defeated Riddle. Uh, you know we're still waiting on Orton to come back, but let's get into it, Greg. Keith Lee <laughs> defeated Karrion Cross, so we <laughs> we have Keith Lee pick up a win. So now are they doing? I wonder if they're doing the Jeff Hardy story with Keith Lee instead, where maybe Keith Lee gets some wins over Karrion Cross, and then Scarlett shows up to help Karrion Cross get his mojo back. Is that anything you're buying, or we just want to give Keith Lee a win here? Yeah, the whole situation with Cross has been super confusing. Um, it would have been much better off just having him come up, beat down the job squad, and just look like the incredible monster heel that he's been on NXT, and at the same time just makes his match with Joe look that much more important. Um, so the, what they've been doing with him with losing to Hardy and now losing to Keith Lee – you know, it's kind of. If I was Joe, I'd have my face in my hands. Go, what are you doing? Um, you know, he's it's taken a lot off the luster of their match, and it just shows kind of the disregard that Vince is showing for NXT. Um, I don't know if him and and uh, Paul are having some fights behind the scenes or whatever's going on, but um, it's totally a slap in the face of NXT in my book. Um, you know, the, the way they've treated Cross on the main roster, and you know he's just starting to look like just another guy. Um, and that's the last thing you want when you're bringing this guy up, you know, the champ the guy who's supposed to be killing everybody he steps in the ring with. And, you know, he's, he's taking the loss to Jeff Hardy. I mean, come on, man. I mean, 10 years ago, that would have been a respectful loss, but now not so much. Um, and with uh, deeply, it's understandable. I mean, but they even played the storyline card of, you know, crosses who, or Keith Lee is who Cross beat to win the NXT championship. Um, they didn't mention that at all. Um, they could have made the match that much bigger by pushing that narrative on the show. I mean, you don't need two, three uh, weeks of advertisement to to build that up. You could have just dropped that line in there to you know, let the people who didn't see that match uh, know, the, you know this is a rematch. Uh, of sorts and you know completely get his payback that way it would have made it look more uh, legitimate more uh, reasonable that you know Keith Lee had something to prove Keith Lee wanted to get that win back Keith Lee wanted to uh, prove he can beat Karrion Cross and you know give him more time to have a great smash mouth match and it could have been you know five star quality it could have been much more than it was. So it was a huge, huge disappointment from all those angles, especially when you had that storyline right there um, for the taking. So um, I'm really disappointed because I, I like Cross and I like his potential, but um, the way they've treated him since he came up from 
or since they've started putting him on the uh, Raw, has been just so disrespectful. It's, it's, you know, put me off of it a little bit. Well, you got to think too, like we always, we, I've, you know, we've talked about for years, <clears throat> if NXT is supposed to be on the same level, why not carry over storylines? You know, I mean, you know, why not bring up, you know, oh, well, Karrion Cross has got a match with Samoa Joe. Every once in a while they bring up NXT, you know, they'll say, you know, there's a pay-per-view coming up, but it's, it's so hit or miss, you know, when are they going to just do, you know, go with it? Cause that might get you people from Monday night to, you know, if there's no crossover, cause maybe there's not a lot of crossover viewership from raw to Tuesday night that might get you, you know, viewership. Like, you know, I got to tune in to NXT to see what Karrion Cross is going to do because he just lost tonight. So he might take that out on somebody on Tuesday night. You know, why not build that up? Or like Tika Knox, like they had to act like, Oh, you know, she was, she didn't do anything. You know, she's just here. She just showed up randomly out of nowhere. The, then they were acting like Shotzi, you know, was like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, like Pat McAfee's probably lost because he was all on NXT when those two women were, you know, doing their thing. And he's probably thinking, mm-hmm. well, why can't I talk them up? So if, you know, give NXT money to bank spots, give them Royal Rumble spots, give them Survivor Series spots, give them WrestleMania mm-hmm. spots, even if you do the four big pay-per-views. You know, even if you do a couple, two or three superstars from NXT, that still, you know, levels the playing field there. Uh, you know, because right now it feels like SmackDown and then Raw and NXT are down here. You know, and Raw probably to some people is <laughs> down below NXT right now. So, you know, I get, you know, it's hard to write equally good shows, I'm sure, because you got all these different voices. But, you know, I think... They really, and maybe it's going to take a certain someone out of power <laughs> and a certain somebody else in power to finally get that train aligned, you know, every caboose in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if they do that, how much better will NXT be and how much better will Raw or SmackDown be? Because you'll have cohesiveness against, you know, like, oh, I watch it. I watched Karrion Cross on Raw. Now I want to see what he's going to do on NXT or vice versa. Like, Oh, wow, he took out Samoa Joe. What's he going to do on Raw now? Because, you know, he did this, or, you know. So until they get that sorted out, I mean, it is going to be its own brand. It's going to be, you know, like a developmental brand because they almost put it in the dark. You know, they put it like, like you said, you know, they don't even mention that, you know, Samoa or um, uh, Keith Lee lost the NXT title to Karrion Cross. I mean, you know. It's a throwaway line in a way, but still, it's worth noting. So, um, yeah. So we could, I'm sure we could keep going on about what what things need to be better. But that's my biggest beef is NXT. It's you know we they say it's the same branding, but then they don't treat it like the same branding. They always mm-hmm. you know you always have your actions have to match the words, <laughs> or sometimes yeah. they speak louder than the words. So. Uh, Raw Women's Champion Nikki Ash defeated Charlotte Flair. Uh, you know, we're still kind of seeing what will happen. I'm guessing Rhea Ripley will try to call out, you know, um, Charlotte for not doing the job. You know, she beat her one week, couldn't have beat her the next week. So, it, you know, these three women are all going to just fight each other till SummerSlam. Uh, do you see Rhea Ripley maybe getting a couple matches against 
Nikki Ash in the next couple weeks, Craig? No, uh, I think she's going to lean more to the babyface side and just poke at Charlotte. Yeah. And um, kind of stay out of Nikki's way. And I've seen she's been a little bit more fan friendly, more uh, uh, babyface ish than she was before um, their last match. Uh, her and Charlotte. So it could be that um, they want her to be a uh, baby now instead of, you know, this tweener, naggy kind of yeah. um, Charlotte annoying. Lights. Right, right. And um, it's the right thing to do. I'd, last thing we need is two Charlottes. Mm-hmm. So um, I think for that reason, she's stop short of, you know, calling out Nikki and trying to beat down Nikki before SummerSlam and just lets it go at the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is Monday Night Raw Talk. Let's do a little commercial break, get our bearings ready to go for NXT, get an AEW, and then finish up with some Friday Night SmackDown. So far, no releases, so I'm glad that we don't have to talk any more people losing their job yet. The, the, the day is still early, though. So right. <laughs> but you, when you want to be elite, go to Elite Performance. some NXT stuff to talk up. Um, Hit Row defeated Legado de Fantasma by DQ. All kinds of shenanigans happening there. You know, we'll see where this is going. I'm, you know, I'm still thinking, I still think Legado should be on Raw. And maybe they're just waiting out till October. But then with the releases in NXT, you almost feel like, well, maybe they have to stay down there a little bit longer. So um, I think Legado de Fantasma is much needed on Raw. Just to kind of you know give give another heel faction, give some more wrestlers up there, but you know hit rows, hit row. I always joke, Greg, with these two few these two factions. I don't know who to root for. Like I have no, I don't know. Like hit row doesn't really bring off some babyface vibes. You know, Legado de Fantasma doesn't. So it's like, who should we be? You know, I I guess by default it's hit row because Legado plays it up more, but. In both sides of things, I'm just like, eh, I don't really want to cheer for either team, you know, because it just feels like both teams are kind of at the same place. Is that is that kind of how you're thinking too, or how do you feel about these two teams? Yeah, I agree. They both like two, you know, bad guy factions, you know, going at each other. Um, the only difference is I think that Hit Row is more over right now than uh, Legato is, even though they've been around longer. 
they seem to resonate a little bit more with the NXT universe. You know, you hear the uh, hit road chants during the matches. Um, back a couple weeks ago, when they did the uh, whole rolling loud business, the the simulcast, and we're talking about that uh, it may not have made the most sense to have Street Profits and um, Bianca be the representatives at, you know, Rolling Loud. And I was thinking, you know, in retrospect, having that cipher happen at Rolling Loud instead of on Where NXT it. television. <laughs> Yeah. Probably would have got over a lot, lot bigger than um, what they did with Street Profits and Bianca, mm-hmm. um, because it would have been a whole lot more relevant. The people there would have under would have known what a cipher was, and it it could have made a ton of bucks for you know Vince and the guys. But um, just just showing that it's it's hidden for a lot more. It's it's hitting clo- closer to home for um, the fans than what Legato's doing. Yeah. Um, so I think just off of a relevant relevancy um, aspect, that uh, Hit Row may be the favorites if you're betting. Yeah. As far as who's the crowd, whose side is the crowd going to be on? Even though they're both uh, heel factions. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, you know, if Legato takes another L, I mean, what more can they do down there? So it's like, you know, I I think they're I think they're definitely due up. Uh, Ridge Holland defeated Ikman Jiro. You know, not much to talk about here. Ridge Holland built like a hoss. Um, you know, we'll kind of see where he takes off with um, Pete Dunn and Oni Lorkin. And then once you get Danny Birch back, you got a pretty solid, I don't know what their name is. <laughs> they really have it. <laughs> we just called the Pat McAfee's team, you know, or what I thought he had a team by then, you know, maybe, but, you know, so we'll kind of see what they can do when all four pieces are there um, together. How about Roderick Strong defeated Bobby Fish? <laughs> what a way for Bobby Fish to go out. And then Tyler Rust is out. So is Diamond Mine done, Greg? No, who can we put um, in that slot? Well, there's there's no plenty of people on the PC to put into that. Yeah. You know, they can always, you know, shine it I up as you know another somebody. guy. Yeah. yeah, another guy has been training in the mine, and now he's ready, and you just you know insert him into slot A, and you know now you, you still have uh, Russ's replacement. And, you know, the AGI still hasn't done anything except stand there and look menacing. Um, we don't know what his what his deal is yet. Well, they said coach, and that's on, like, maybe he's not going to be a wrestler for them. Maybe he is a coach aspect, but he hasn't done anything in that regard. So it's like, that's why I kind of wonder if they might just, Triple H is probably thinking, what, you know, you, you got rid of the main piece of this. If, you know, yes, Roderick Strong is important, but really it's that Tyra Russ because he was going to be the next, you know, it's like evolution with Orton, like Orton was the next guy. And I mm-hmm. thought Tyra Russ was going to be like, it was more important for Tyra Russ to build up his name than Roderick Strong. If that, you know, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, you could insert anybody, but you have to play it up logically. So I'll, 
I'll be curious to see how they play it up logically if they do. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if they have to just blow it up and, you know, maybe let Roderick Strong destroy it and just let Roderick Strong go, you know, do his thing on his own. And Malcolm Bivens gets screwed over again because it feels like every time Malcolm Bivens has, like he had um, Veer and Shanky at some point and he right. had Tyra Russ by himself. So it's like, you know, they, they obviously see something in him, but not enough. Maybe, maybe that's the thinking. Yeah. I think at this moment, considering the timing and especially with the breakout tournament happening also that it'd be easy for them to go to one of the guys who loses and go, yeah, you're almost there. You should join okay. us. Um, that there, there's going to be, well, there's already, you know, four or five guys who've already lost and then another two more who are going to lose in the semifinals. Um, and pick the guy who fits the mold the most, and there's your next guy. So or maybe have them come out during these matches and kind of scouting, you know, right. and that way you can build up like, cause we almost need to know who they're looking at, you know, in a way, like, I mean, I guess we don't need to, but I think it would help fill in that gap of it. So. Yeah. Um, Grizzled Young Veterans defeated LA Knight and Cameron Grimes. I kind of was hoping LA Knight and Cameron Grimes would do the whole stick together. Won't they stick? But <laughs> they decided LA Knight is way too of a heel to even make this work. And then I thought it was interesting. You had Million Dollar Man come out to say, Cameron, you got to figure this out. So it does set up the, the NXT match, you know, yeah. fight for your freedom or give up, you know, something. I don't think you need the title on the line. You know, I still think, you know, you keep the title out of it, but you let, um, his freedom be on the line. So uh, any thoughts on Grizzled Young Veterans against LA Knight and Cameron Grimes? I mean, it wasn't very long of a match, so not much talk on the match, but it's more about the LA Grimes and Cameron Knight business. Yeah, um, I love GYV, and I've been disappointed that they've taken so many L's because they're a team that I want to see with the uh, with the titles. Uh, you know, they're that good and, you know, they have that personality about them that, you know, when they come out, they get on mic and they stick it to your, you know, favorites that, you know, you want to see somebody punch them in the mouth, but they're so good. Their, their ring style is so good that, you know, you want to watch them for them too. So I've uh, been a GYV fan since uh, the moment I saw their first match. So... Uh, there's that, but as far as uh, LA Knight and Cameron Grimes, you know how I feel about these guys. You know, an LA Knight guy through and through. Um, I, life will not be complete until you know we get we get the dummy happening, we get the show happening. Um, I'm still waiting for it. He hasn't called anybody a dummy once in this whole. Um, Butler shtick that they've been doing. I'm still waiting on that. It's like, what's what's going on with the dummy? I need it. <laughs> and uh, so I, I sent you the little clip of the uh, the show he did on Impact. It was like, man, with WWE production, this could be mega bucks. Um, He'd be but, the next Miss TV. Yeah. It, I can see him going to SmackDown and just laying a verbal beat down on Miz and just kicking him right off the bat and taking it over. 
Especially um, since his logo looks like the SmackDown logo. You know, right. not like, you know, like roughly. Like that's the first thing I thought of when I saw his logo. I'm like, kind of looks like SmackDown. So, you know, I think he'd be a good fit there. Um, Absolutely. And like we said, you know, some sort of freedom match for, you know, Cameron Grimes to get his ultimate freedom. And then, you know, both yeah. these guys, I'd say move on from each other after that. Yeah, like you don't want what's, to still... what's in it? What's in it for, for LA Knight? So it's got to be something where um, if you win, you get your freedom. If I win, you know, you're my butler for life or something like that. Um, or what about Million there's... Dollar Man? Maybe he gets the Million Dollar Man. To be his butler too? <laughs> oh. Yeah, or to be his like manager. Maybe he makes him like, you know, he forces him to do the manager all your duties type stuff. So, um, uh, be his agent it, or something like that. So. Yeah. Yes. And forces him yeah. to do all the dirty work, you know? Um, right. Even though it's funny. Cause you would think that million dollar man and LA Knight's probably a better pairing because million dollar man is ultimately a bad guy, <laughs> but it's funny how million dollar man has a face, you know, in a, in a weird way. Like he's obviously more on Cameron Grimes side, but, um, yeah, but I'll be I honest. Agree. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying I agree. Uh, Cameron Grimes should win so that you know we can finally break this uh, Butler uh, storyline, and then uh, LA Knight needs to go up to the to the main roster and you know do the uh, Miz TV takeover and you know bring the whole gimmick hundred percent. You know, dummy. Yeah, bring it all and just be the man up there because it would be so amazing to see that. So if you guys haven't watched um, him as Eli Drake and impact and watched the, uh, the show, the whole business with, you know, the dummy button and everything, you got to go do it. Just YouTube it. It's awesome. And it would be hilarious on the main roster. And that, that healed, that is so amazing on the mic. You, you know, you want to see somebody punch him in the face and he's going to bring awesome matches. So, well, I was just thinking like Kevin Owens, he brings the talk show time to time. What if they had, you know, LA Knight trying to crash Kevin Owens, show and stuff like that. And Kevin Owens is a guy that we love to watch him smack up people. So, you know, what better right. feud to get LA Knight going on the SmackDown if they wanted to go that route. Then just go right at the one of the top guys there. So um, I did not catch. I don't know why, Greg. I have no memory of Trey Baxter defeating Joe Gacy. I was probably on my phone or something. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Trey Baxter? I know he's a big Seth Rollins guy. I believe he trained that Black and Brave. So Seth Rollins is all for this guy. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, for me, that's <laughs> that's enough. Like I don't even need to watch his matches yet. Like I'll just wait till. <laughs> you know, gets an NXT and does matches, but I'm, I don't know what I was doing at this time, but I missed this match. So you'll have to fill in my blanks for me on this match on Joe uh, Casey and Trey Baxter. Yeah, it was, it was a decent match. Um, he was getting beat up quite a bit by uh, Joe Gacy, just doing the power versus speed bit. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he toughs it out. He, you know, makes his comeback, you know, two thirds of the way through, and um, and he gets the win, and um, I forgot who's getting in the next match, but 
Uh, it, was, it was a quality match. Mm-hmm. And, you know, believable. They told a good story. And, you know, they, you know, his nickname is All Heart. So they kind of lean into that. You know, he takes this, you know, brutal beat down, but he still, you know, has enough heart to come back and, and figure out a way to get it done. So, well, that was our first, our last first round match, I think. Because it was, now yeah. we have, so now we should have, well, I, I wish, you know, they'd actually just have, oh, here we go. So it's Carmelo Hayes and Duke Hudson in the semifinals match, then Odyssey Jones and Trey Baxter in the other semifinals. So I'm going to assume maybe Odyssey Jones and Duke Hudson in the finals. That's my pick right there. I think they're pretty high on that Duke Hudson guy. I think Carmelo, we've already seen a couple matches on NXT. So I don't think he necessarily need like, you know, one more match against Duke Hudson is enough for him to make his name. And I do think they're pretty high on that Odyssey Jones because he's a big old hoss. And if you're going to get rid of our favorite big old hoss and Bronson Reed, then just bring up another hoss. So right. what do you call for the finals, Greg? Because the finals will be at NXT TakeOver 36 um, a week from – two weeks from Sunday. Sorry. Yeah, it, it looks like the best matchup with uh, Odyssey and Duke. Um, Duke reminds me of um, a lot of Wade Barrett. Yes. Uh, really yep. smug, really, you know, why is this guy wasting my time? Kind of, you know, I'm better than everybody. And, you know, he's smooth. He looks good. He um, carries himself like that. He has that charisma to him. Um, or, and uh, he's got some JBL in, so, in him, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe more so than Wade Barrett. He, he's, Reminds me a lot of JBL, uh, mm-hmm. minus the money angle. Um, so he's got that going for him. And then the Odyssey's, like I said, just a big hoss. And um, they would have a great smash mouth type of match. And, you know, you go in there wondering who's going to win. Um, so I think, you know, Baxter and Jones, you pretty much have two faces, you know, going up against each other. And so um, it, I wonder if you're going to have a, a little wrinkle in there with, with Baxter, you know, Mr. Allhart, you know, finding a way to win. But um, my vote, if I had to put it in there right now, would be for Jones and uh, Duke Hudson. All right. Uh, that, I, I thought about those comparisons, but the Wade Baird and JBL is pretty darn good now that you kind of looked at it that way. Um, and then I do wonder if we'll just kind of maybe see the respect factor because it feels like both Odyssey Jones and Trey Baxter are like fan favorites. So maybe at the end of the match, you'll get the handshake, whoever wins and, you know, kind of celebrate both guys and which is fine. Cause it's just a, a, a break, you know, it, this, this feels like a side piece to NXT TV. You know, it's not like a fit, you know, it's an unofficial <laughs> NXT type thing. So. Yeah. Finally, we get to it, Greg. We 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 got it. <laughs> Johnny Gargano, <laughs> Dexter Loomis, Lover Loser, Beth Phoenix got her wish. So, so we have Johnny Gargano win, <laughs> of course. But then we get Romeo and Juliet happen because 
Indy cannot just hide her feelings. She decided to go lose Lou Fez Press <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Dexter and uh, have a little makeout session with him while while mom and dad were watching. So yes, we have the Romeo and Juliet aspect. Uh, you know, I thought we might just have rain coming down on them because that's all we needed in that moment was was a little bit of rain because that would have been the perfect chick flick rom com. <laughs> you know, feel good. Uh, I, I guess it just it, it just sucks it wasn't outside, you know, who knows? You could have just had some rain, fake rain in, in Florida happening. But uh so now, you know, now that I really look at it, that's probably the way it had to end. You know, you have to have Indy kind of rebelling against the family. And, you know, maybe you'll have Dexter just kind of now you're probably gonna have them four of them showing up and then maybe Dexter in the background type deal, but you know, maybe Maybe Indy and um, Dexter are like holding hands from like across the table or something like that. So I think this is going to be for some good TV. If they could do like, you know, dinner at the Gargano house or something like that. Or, you know, maybe they maybe they do a, a, a date night and then like you have Gargano, you know, and Candace having to drive them somewhere. You know, something real cheesy yeah. because <laughs> this is all this needs. This mm-hmm. needs a cheesiness factor. Up to 11. So have at it, Greg. Would you personally like to be Luthes pressed by Indy Hartwell? <laughs> Not so much. Mandy Rose? We're talking a different story. Even Frankie. I know Frankie would be yours. Hey, uh, there you go. Becky? Yes. Becky Lynch could Luthes press me. She could put me in submission hold. She could, she could do a lot of things to me, Greg. Becky Lynch could. I'll just say that right now. <laughs> I, and yeah, Bailey, I'm Bailey, I'm all about the, you know, surprisingly enough, I'm not all about Sasha. Like I, I don't know. Like Sasha just doesn't do it for me in the in the sexuality. Surprisingly, but it's all about Becky and Bailey for me and uh and Mandy Rose because Mandy Rose has has a few features to her that you know stick out a lot. But uh have at it, Greg. What you what do you think about the lover or loser match and. Uh, the ending factor to it. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely with you on the Vandy Rhodes part too. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and uh, while we're at it, uh, shout out to Rachel Ellering and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jordan. Are you, yeah, are was, you a fan uh, of the Hoss and the Smilet or whatever her name is? Smile Strong and Hoss Strong. Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering. Yeah, but Rachel more than more than Jordan. Um, when, I, when I forced myself to watch that uh, that uh, slam anniversary or whatever it was with uh, yeah. the Rich Swan and Kenny Omega, and uh, saw Rachel Ellery, it's like, oh, thinking in love right there. Um, I believe she's with um, uh, Chris Hero. Is the that's the that's the power couple there. So that's a pretty uh, good power okay. couple. That's some wrestling knowledge. You know, if you think about like her dad and him, like that's <laughs> that's some pretty good. I will give her credit. She came out with Tommy Dreamer for the homecoming thing they were doing, and they yeah. did do a little LOD uh, um, Road Warriors tribute. She always said she would never do it because you know, but she's like she had to because it's Tommy Dreamer. So there's a cool picture right. if you just you know just look up the gear. I I don't even know who they faced. I think Brian uh, Brian Myers and somebody, but anyways, 
uh, if you type yeah. in like her for her gear. But yeah, love her and lose her yeah. match. So I'll have to find that. But yeah, um, hi Rachel, how you doing? Um, <laughs> I, I like the match, and it, it went the way it was supposed to go. Um, you know, Johnny still gets the win, and it makes more sense that instead of him losing, that Indy just rebels and going, that's my man, I need to get my man. And for Dexter, getting that best by her is probably the greatest thing that happened in his life. I'm surprised he didn't say something. <laughs> yeah. Just out of character. or But it's hard to do with, you know, the you know, waterfall of hair in his face and, yes. you know, fire turned down his mouth. Yeah, um, that's the only thing that kind of ruined the moment because he's got so much hair you can't see the kiss happening. And well, that's there. the thing. I was wondering if there was much of a kiss, and that's why right. they had the angle. You know, they did right. <laughs> so um, it was it was good though, and, and like I said, like you said, I'm looking forward to the uh, the campiness back there. There's so many uh, gags that they can pull with that you're not speaking at all, and um and he could you know be like his interpreter they, yes. they'll ask a question he just gives a blank stare and and he's like he likes it and yes something like that. he says yes so i see a lot of that going on and um does the gargano like, family um ease up to him do you think we get that aspect because you know i keep saying i feel like candace has to be the one that like has to embrace him in a way. Do you think Candace or Johnny end up embracing him in any way? Eventually, over time, it'll, it'll take another two months. Yeah. Um, so another, you know, seven, eight shows. But yeah, they will, and th that'll complete their face turn. Yeah. Because um, we know uh, Candace is still, you know, the anchor of the face turn. Mm -hmm. uh, you know of the of being the heels and the last one to come along into being faces. And so, so she should Dexter be the last one there, to embrace him. Right. So he'll get the other ones piece by piece. And then, you know, Candace will be the, the last holdout. And maybe he does something in the ring. Maybe um, you know, he draws the picture. Her. He saves her. Like, I think that could be an interesting you know, like some beat right. down or something, but um, and what's we don't know what's Austin Theory has he's not been on TV cast a couple weeks or was he on last week? No, he wasn't, he wasn't. there this week. I okay, so we've got to figure out where <laughs> Austin's missing again. So apparently, <laughs> the Gargano family's not worried about that though. Well, he did yeah, take so his he... suitcase out. Remember the one week he did take out his his ring gear and walked out of the scene and they were arguing. I thought, right. yeah. And so that picture, then. Yeah, that picture that he drew of him and the Garganos and then Austin Theory out in the, in the distance, mm. um, yeah. walking off into the sunset, literally. Um, that may be the clue right there. Yeah. So, uh, good, good episode of NXT. You know, we did also, I, I guess I skipped over. There was the small Samoa Joe carrying cross, like provoking each other, you know, where they didn't get to touch, you know, that's the thing, you know, we'll, I think we'll save the big touch for, you know, uh, NXT takeover. Uh, Cause that'll be something. So 
Uh, let's give another commercial break and head into AW. And then, well, like I said, we'll finish up with some SmackDown talk. But um, we got to do some realty talk for you real quick. If you need your realty needs, talk to Sean Nugent, who is a rock star realtor. What is up, everybody? It's your boy Dan over at BWSports1.com and Black and White Sports. And I'm wondering, if you're ready to buy or sell that home, now's the time, and I got just the person for you. Mr. Sean Nugent, a.k.a. Rockstar Realtor himself, 317-503-8322. Put that home on the market. Get into your dream home with this man. Talk to Sean at Talk to Tucker today, 317-503-8322. And make sure you tell him the boys over at BWSports1.com sent you. All right, we are back, ready to talk up AEW. Uh, quite an ending to AEW. Really, you know, I almost want to start there. Let's just start there. You know, we always go forwards, backwards. We're going to go backwards because Malachi Black, that entrance was ridiculously good. The song fit. Everything about that just worked. And then Cody Rhodes does his thing. He, he made... You know, this is the, this is what's funny with Cody Rhodes. You know, we were talking about like how the Anthony Gogo stuff, it's like he didn't want to lay down for him, but then he takes one boot to the face from Aleister Black and has to retire. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a there's a there's a few things I'll pack here, Greg. Uh I don't know about the re- the the retirement thing felt kind of real, but I guess it's playing up to the storyline, but then again. If he's done, he's done. You know, maybe he thinks he's earned. You know, he wants to move on to other things. But that that you know, I think it has to play into what I I just thought. You know, with now the granted, Alistair K or sorry, Malachi Black came back, and that's the thing too. If he's you know, if he's there right away, it feels as fake. But uh, the retirement thing was interesting. The match was you know not really an instant classic. It was more of a Malachi Black coming out party. And, you know, everything worked about it, you know, the kick and everything. So what do you think about everything there for Malachi Black and the Cody Rhodes speech and all that? You know, he started to leave the boots in the ring. Malachi Black takes one of them. So have at it. I don't normally, like we said, we started at the end or the beginning, go through the end. But that ending was too big to, you know, start at the end. So, yeah, a few things. The entrance was amazing. The song was amazing, and uh, very fitting. So I was very happy with with that. Um, it looked like something out of Game of Thrones the way they were doing that with, you know, the the headdress and you know the lights and all this stuff. So love it, and hope they keep that for him because it it definitely fits uh, what he's trying to do. Um, I had a thought before the match started. I was like, well, if this was on WWE television, it would be five minutes. <laughs> and guess what? This match was about five minutes. It was about, and I was going to say, it wasn't much more. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it ended in the same way you would have thought, you know, black mask, pal, game over. And, um, you know, once Tony Schiavone got up to go and interview Cody, I was like, oh, okay, I see what's happening here. And sure enough, you know, he goes into the whole speech and, you know, we've seen the retirement speech gimmick 
so many times that you know it's not really a surprise anymore so um it's just different words and a different face delivering the words um so now with black coming up and inter interfering in it um kind of sets the stage for um whatever the next big pay-per-view is all out yep and you know having the send-off match there potentially um you know you ruined it now i'm pissed and now i'm going to go out on my terms we're going to have a match and you know it's more fitting of a send-off for him to go into hollywood of what he was going to film projects what he was doing next after you know having a big match um in a rematch with black um you know on a bigger stage you're still taking the loss probably but you know going out in grander style and you can write him off for some time if you think he is going to go away because i know he's got the film the big the the show the big show season two but you know you would think that that you know now then again the last season was only six or seven it, it seemed like a very short season so i mean they want to do a full shoot for it this time you know now that right. they have um can they do up the entrance even more for chicago do you think for alistair black or i'm going to say alistair so many times <laughs> malachi black do we do oh, we they, do up the i mean we have to they absolutely could and for sure that big you know all the interests should be that should big be but big. Yeah. his should be amazing and and what they gave us was, you know, a great, a great teaser. And even if it's just that, it, it was still awesome. Um, and this is the way to send him off um, and get, you know, back over as huge as he's as he is right now. Because even though he beat up the biggest baby face in the company, he was still getting all the cheers. Yeah. And you know, this time he could go even more violent, more brutal and get Cody written off the show, you know, with the worst, you know, type of injury or whatever, and, you know, send him into Hollywood, and then it makes him look even more menacing and sinister, and it gets to live it out instead of, you know, in the PG WWE world where you can just make threats, but you can't back it up with the violence. Here you can back it up with the violence. All right, some other things that happened. Leela Hirsch defeated the Bunny. This was an NWA women's contender match, you know, because <laughs> they can't fight for the, a- the AEW women's title. They need to fight for the NWA women's title. And Camille showed up, which that's the first – well, no, Serena Deeb, sorry. So, Arden Thunder Rosa. Never mind, the third NWA <laughs> women to appear. So, never mind. But I didn't realize how big she was. Like her, the you know, you always like to bring up visually um, what it looks like. And her and that Layla, like the camera had to zoom out because you really <laughs> could not see um, how different they were. So I, I wonder if they'll do that. I don't think that match needs to be at all out. But I'm going to say that that match probably happens sooner rather than later. Do you think it happens in the next couple of weeks, Greg? The NWA women's title match for Le- Layla, Hirsch, and 
Um, Camille. I think I think she's just Camille. I, I know she's in a group with Nick Al Aldis. So I wonder if they might, you know, maybe could convince him. I mean, he's the NWA champion. I think that would be a big kind of show of respect too. So, um, but yeah, Greg, thoughts on the NWA women's contender match and then the title match upcoming. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I don't know if intentional or unintentional um, visual right there of Camille getting in the ring and Layla Hirsch staring right into her headlights when they were doing the uh, face off. Like, wow, she is that much taller. You know, I'm I'm facing off with your boobs. Okay, mm-hmm. um, it was, but you know, you look out and she's wearing heels that are probably four or five inches tall. Um, so you wonder if that was, you know, on purpose or not, just for, you know, the cameras and yeah. to uh, set up kind of the David and Goliath kind of aspect of it. Even though anybody that Layla steps in the ring with is going to be, you know, same, uh, you know, disparity, just how much taller is the other person going to be. Um, but you know, she, you know, she's always proven herself against, you know, everybody's solid in her. So it's not like it's a big deal. And um, I don't think it's an all out match. I think it's going to go down uh, probably on TV, but make yeah. more sense. And uh, if this is a one off for Camille, it would make more sense to do it on, you know, TV than to do it on the pay-per-view. So I think it's going to happen there, but uh, it's going to end up being a great match. And, you know, Camille's going to retain because I don't see her becoming a, a regular or even a semi-regular on um, AEW. AEW just seemed kind of a, of a one-off kind of thing. And that's all I wonder. Like, you know, you have Nick Aldis, a really dominant champion. Why not let him do a one-off and – Kind of see how the crowd reacts to him. So, uh, Miro defeated Lee Johnson. I still don't like, I thought I was okay with the Miro character, but this whole Redeemer thing and speaking in like almost Bible verses type stuff, it just, I don't know. Like, do we have any idea on what his character is? <laughs> I, I have a thought okay. that uh, is, is, you don't have to follow me for a second, but um, I'm enjoying the uh, the Redeemer gimmick because it's very, you know, self-serving. It's very, um, from what we've seen in WWE, even, even it it fits him. Uh, it fits him more in the, in the AEW uh, setting. Um, you know, he's over his probably one of the biggest heels in the in the business right now, but he has that unstoppable um, aura to him. You know, nobody's been able to, you know, put a dent in his armor, really. Uh, he's staying there with the, the mid-card guys and, you know, dominating them, building himself up, you know, the way it should be done. Um, you know, beating the Lee Johnsons of the world. Um and but the you know religious aspect, um, I can see him, you know, leaning into it even more heavily. You know, I'm the best. I'm the favorite. You know, even God is 
sees me as his favorite wrestler and you know thanking his super hot wife and <laughs> super hot double jointed hot wife whenever he can bring her in <laughs> right her 90, just, her 90 days would have to be up pretty soon you would think yeah i, I know it's it's on the way and eventually she's going to come out one one of these days um but with the religious thing going on it takes me back to um steve austin in king of the ring mm-hmm. yeah and him going up against you know i forgot who it was that was the Take super the religious sell it there we go quoting uh bible verses and things like that and gave the setting for austin to drop the austin 316 and become a phenomenon and maybe really long range booking <laughs> that uh he keeps somebody. doing this redeemer gimmick and God's favorite gimmick, and somebody who knows who is going to have their Austin three sixteen moment and just kind of duplicate it AEW style. That's going to launch somebody into the stratosphere. Who is it? I don't know. Is is, is Jungle Boy three sixteen going to happen? Is is you know something? Yeah. You know, crazy. I mean, but, I think that something yeah. like that may be what they're trying to do a year, two years, you know, by the time we've, you know, it's become such a um, part of the, an expected part of the um, show that we don't think about it until somebody does it. So maybe that's where it's going to end up at some point you see if they're going to go over like game busters or it's going to fizzle like that uh exploding barbar death match so i mean we'll see but with that aspect i almost i feel like Al or malachi black who's playing up kind of this devilish guy and what if he gets the title that you know cody rhodes had at first and plays that up and then maybe he goes on a longer run than cody so, you know, it'd be that's a really roundabout way of looking at it. But, you know, like you said, I think it's it's interesting that they're letting him dig, you know, dig into that whole, you know, God aspect. But um, and when we see Lana, I'll be interested to see what she kind of plays up. You know, do they let her finally be herself and, you know, she could show what she's been wanting to show. So uh, the elite beat down Hangman Page. We saw that the Dark Order were held off from saving Hangman Page. So are we completely done with Hangman Page and the Dark Order, Greg? Yes, finally. Um, and they showed it earlier where Hangman came said, you know, it's been fun, but I'm out. And, you know, we'll, we'll still, you know, say hi in the hallway, but, you know, it's time for me to do my own thing and um in uno kind of taking the lead while he was getting beat up by the elite and saying no he wanted to be up by himself let him be by himself and you know don't jump in and so you know there's your you know cutting the cord between you know him and dark order this leaves dark order to be you know taken over by maybe somebody more sinister or um, find their way into, you know, something else. And Heyman, you know, becomes a true solo. So I believe it's, 
completely done with um, their uh, partnership as it was. So, yeah, I think it's finally over. All right. Uh, Britt Baker accepted Red Velvet Challenge. Speaking of looking really tiny, <laughs> Red Velvet is a smaller gal. Like, you know, not that Britt Baker is the biggest gal in the, you know, in the joint, but <laughs> Red Velvet looks small compared to Britt Baker. Uh, I think that gets, I don't, do they say that that's happening? Well, yeah, that probably happens at All Out because Britt Baker does have the broken wrist. So I think yeah. that would make sense. I thought they did say All Out and let her kind of heal up completely. I don't know what's going on with the broken wrist, but um, Chelsea Green broke her wrist in Impact and ROH. So she, you know, she did wrestle a couple matches, but, and now you have Britt Baker breaking her wrist. Deanna Perrazzo better watch out because she's friends with both of them. So hopefully it's not, <laughs> a, it's not a, maybe they don't want to, you know, be friends anymore with the broken wrist club. But um, any thoughts on Britt Baker, Red Velvet? I think it's a good challenge for it's almost a it's better for red velvet because we can finally see what she could do you know with legit somebody legit you know we've seen her with jade cargill you know you've seen her with other things and it is interesting brandy rhodes had put out a tweet saying oh you might want somebody to watch her back so maybe this is a way to get brandy rhodes back on tv or at least that all out you know uh, maybe she could have baby Liber liberty or a little baby in a pompoose so that they're all out there. <laughs> they're out there together. But uh, uh, Britt Baker, Red Velvet, I think is a decent pairing. It's a good, you know, we, it's for me, I don't know where we're going to find the ladies to face Britt Baker. <laughs> you know, it feels like, I guess it's got to be Jade. You, you know, that's going to be the next contender to take the title off. That feels like where we got to go. But you're going to have to feed these kind of secondary feuds to get to that. True. Um, and you're right. It is Red Velvet's the person to um, welcome the Britsburg show of uh, Rampage. Oh, yeah, yeah that's she's going to be. Rampage, isn't it? I, was I think so, involved. yeah. Yeah, yeah it's going to happen at Rampage in Pittsburgh. And. Uh, that's your main event. Yeah, as easily a main event. <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna be booed out the place. Um, I love the promo that they did where uh, she said, "Last time I, I beat you in three minutes," and she pulled out the "I'm not an enhancement talent anymore." So you know nobody yeah. has enhancement talent on TV, you know at least, and not acknowledging that they were yes. enhancement talent. So I thought that was interesting um so she's like okay they they know that they're jobbers and you know now they get the show off and you know i'm especially expecting them to have you know a good match this time it's nothing gonna be longer than three minutes and um it's gonna be a great showcase for red velvet of course you know brit's gonna win she'd be one of the few who get to uh score a win in their hometown and not take a savage beat down at least we think she won't take a savage beat down. She can still beat Red Velvet and then still take a savage beat down from Jay Cargill or, you know, somebody else who is a new signing or whatever. Um, who do we so, see for Britt Baker at All Out? Because for me, I'm thinking Chris Statlander. 
And I know it's not the saucy, you know, everybody's, everybody's pulling for Diana. Like, you know, we haven't seen any crossover of the women, but if there was a time to do it, it'd be yeah. for that Chicago show. And if they do that, that's fine. But I feel like if they don't do that route, then it's got to be Chris Statlander because she's, you know, and I could, I see Red Velvet almost falling in that path, like just picking up wins here, you know, after the feud with, with um, Britt Baker, Red Velvet's going to pick up wins here and there and almost get a, maybe try to see if she can get that underground swelling, but our swell of support, just mm-hmm. like Chris Statlander has. And, you know, it, like I said, is Chris Statlander and Britt Baker the, the sexy, you know, every match we're dying for? No, but it is going to be the most sense, most logical one. But do you have any other thoughts, Greg, on who you think you'd like to see Britt go after at All Out for Chicago? Um, Statlander makes uh, perfect sense. Um, she's got a huge following. Um, when I saw her at Fight for the Falling, the place erupted for her when she came out. Um she wasn't on the main show, but she was on the uh, the dark. They yeah. did it the uh, episode of Dark after uh, Fight for the Fallen was over, and you know she got one of the biggest ovations of the night. So she has that support, and she is a legitimate contender. You know she's the number one contender. They've said that on TV a couple times, and um, you know she's the logical next in line, and. You know, unlike Red Velvet, you're not going to go in there wondering, okay, who's going to win this match? Oh, we already know. Um, yeah. With Statlander, you don't have that. You know, she she can legitimately beat her. Um, yeah. Then you still have, you know, Nyla lurking, but we, we've already crossed that bridge. Um, I still think it's too early for Jade just because, you know, yeah. they're both oh, yeah. heels. Jade hasn't yeah. beat anybody. Um and so you still need to build up momentum for her. So I think Jade almost has revolution, like February ish. Yeah. You know, and not full gear. I think that's, I think you got, it feels like, cause you feel like you really want to do more with Jade. You know, or, I mean, you could do double, you know, even double or nothing of next year. Cause that seems mm-hmm. to be their WrestleMania type show, you know, so that could be an as- aspect as well. So, um, yeah, but and then you know, think they could probably do a fun entrance with best friends coming out with Chris Statlander, and you do. I I I'm kind of hoping um, Britt maybe does the uh, Chicago Bulls, the old uh, uh, serious. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, where for you know from North Carolina type deal. So I right. think that'd be kind of fun if they could get the licensing for that for her to do that at Chicago. She because she had the she had the Jordan type T-shirt. It said Baker 23, so, you know, you could mm-hmm. probably play that up. So, um, or she just called, come out to Cult of Personality and really screw over the crowd. <laughs> I mean, or fly the Valkyries, <laughs> like, or the final countdown, you know, just really play with the crowd. Right. So, um, Christian Cage defeat a Blade. We're getting Christian Cage and probably Kenny Omega, which, eh, whatever. <laughs> but, um, any thoughts on this stuff right here, Greg? I, I didn't really have any thoughts on <laughs> Christian Cage and the Blade. No, the sooner <laughs> the sooner Christian Cage is off my TV, the happier I am. You know, yeah. he's 
he hasn't been relevant when he's not standing next to Edge in a long time, and this is not that time. So, how about this? Um, the, the two guys from Ever Rise now they're I think they're called 2.0. The show is what they're going by, um, and Danny Garcia, you know, going right at the top. I mean, the top three, you know, what are arguably three of the most popular guys. I thought they put a good showing against Moxley, Kingston, and now or uh, Darby Allen. Yeah, the little moment with Sting and the chunkier guy of 2.0. I think his his name's Matt. I don't. Oh, I always forget what their names are. But um, you know, yeah, that little moment. And then there's that screenshot at the end of Moxley and Kingston and Sting. And Sting's like doing the you know the two the two sweet sign out people. I think Joe's like this looks like three dads out on the town or something like that. Like you know. <laughs> Nate, our people, you know, people always say, name this band. And I'm like, I don't, you know, that's the police, <laughs> the police 2.0, something like that. So, um, any thoughts on 2.0 and Garcia versus Kingston, Allen, and um, Moxley? Yeah, I saw the uh, a headline that WWE veteran tag team shows up on uh, Dynamite. And it, yeah. you start racking your brain to say, okay, who? And <laughs> that would have been the last team yeah, on that, your that, bingo card that you would have thought yes. of. And <laughs> Not exactly a like, veteran tag team. Right. It's, it falls into, you know, we got a big surprise, a big sighting, and then Mitch walks out, or Mark Henry walks out. Like, oh, yeah. Christian, <laughs> oh. Ever-Rise, are you kidding me? I mean, yeah. You could have... You could have brought in two indie guys from, you know, Timbuktu, and I would have liked it more. So, uh, but you know, I'm surprised they gave them as much time in the ring with uh, those guys as, as they did, trying to show, okay, the Everrise guys, they aren't, they're more than just a bunch of clowns. They can wrestle. Uh, so I get what they're getting at. Um, will they ever make waves in the tag team scene? I doubt it. But, um, you know, let them live on dark and, you know, try to do something with their lives. But, yeah, I could have gone the rest of my rest of my life without ever seeing Ever Rise again. Well, and I so, finally looked up their real name, or their names now they're going by, and it's Matt Lee and Jeff Parker. So you talk about <laughs> Matt and Jeff, like two of the most simplistic <laughs> names. You know, you might as well be like, you know, Bob and Bill or something like that, you know, like Bob and Jim. Matt and Jeff. So, yeah, they're going. We already have a Matt and Jeff in in wrestling, and that's it. Yes, (laughs) that's all we need. Now we got a net. Now we have another one. Matt Lee and Jeff Parker. So there you go. Two point oh is what they're going by. Um, Says they've joined the company, but I still don't know if they're like you said, enhancement talent signed or if they're legit. Like we haven't seen the two point oh is all elite yet. So, and finally. Welcome to uh, WCW Monday Nitro featuring Chris Jericho and Juventud Guerrera in 2021 with t- Tony Schiavone. All we needed was um, the NWO to come out and take out all these guys, right? And, you know, Bischoff <laughs> yelling at them. But um, this, was a, this was a slow match, and, you know, we got the Judas effect off the top rope, and then it was done. But this match was... Hot garbage. Not, not pretty, <laughs> as they say. Not a not a not a work of art. 
But the bigger story is we will see Warlow take on Chris Jericho in the next Labor of Love, which is maybe number four, with MJF as the um, special... Did he say referee? Because I've been seeing people say he's going to be outside the ring, and then I've heard seen people say he's going to be the referee. So he's going to be part of the match, which does... Does Jericho lose that match to kind of screw up the plan that we got to go another route for Jericho to get MJF, Greg? The announcers jacked it up. Uh, (laughs) All MJF said was that his next match was Wardlow and he was going to be coming down or he's going to be in his corner. And then the announcers immediately went into how fair is it he's going to be the special referee? And like nobody said special referee. Okay. Because we were listening for that, or I was listening for that when yeah. um, he was, because, you know, there's always a, a spin on it. And mm-hmm. the spin was simply that I'm going to be at ringside. Not as with a referee shirt, not anything like that. But the announcers immediately went into how is he going to be the special referee when if mm-hmm. he's a special referee? It's like nobody said that. So. I think somewhere later in the show, they corrected that. But for a while, they were stuck on the fact that MJF was going to be the referee. So um, that's not what it is. It's just he's going to be at ringside, sure, to, you know, help him cheat or whatever. But um, it's a one-on-one with a neutral referee in the match. So do you think the – do you think – Jericho loses it, or does Jericho win? And then we get to the fifth one. No, Jericho will win. You know, we got to carry out the labors to the end. Um, they'll find he'll find some way to, you know, keep so up the Wartlow and MJF and, you know, get the roll up or something like that, something quick, and, you know, get to labor five. But determine that MJF is labor five or he has to go through five things to get to MJF. Exactly. Because that's what I was wondering. Like, you know, we went to the, the pinnacle well for labor four. Do we go outside that well for labor five? Or like you said, is it finally getting to MJF? And I thought, well, we still got about a month out. So if Jericho lost, maybe you do have to try to have him go through some more hoops to get to MJF. So it either way, it's going to be interesting to see how they play this, this lat, this next labor of, of Jericho out. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, is there anything that you want to bring up from AW? That's kind of what I had on my list of things to talk about. I was uh, there thinking, was, I was one, to think. um, could potentially be related in the sense that, um, we didn't release this at the beginning of the show, but, um, we missed that uh, Ric Flair was yes. released from his yeah. uh, contract. Does he show up there? That that's <laughs> that's what makes me uh, curious because you could have on one episode of Dynamite, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tony Blanchard. You know what's uh, what's Mongo M- Michael doing right now? What's uh, what's well, Luger doing has, right now? Actually, <laughs> he has ALS. So oh, does Mongo's. Okay. Mongo's in a rough place, but um, um, well, they said who? Well, didn't they have somebody uh, was a side member of the Four Horsemen? Right. Where's Where's not, Barry Windham? 
Where's yeah. uh? Well, um, wasn't Dean Malenko in for a hot minute? Yes. Well, you could have Bray Wyatt because he's a win. He's named he's after Wyndham. You know, yeah. Wyndham. <laughs> so Rotunda, he's you know IRS, but um, so you know it. Ric Flair. Yeah, I guess we should have mentioned the Ric Flair because that's I didn't. To me, is it a big deal? No. <laughs> like, I mean, it's Ric Flair. No. Like. Yeah, he he's could end been up on everything, back, and he could end up showing back up next year. Like we don't like as long as Charlotte's there, Ric Flair is going to be there. Or you know, Ric Flair always has. An, I'm sure there's a, you know, we're just going to change the lock on you tonight, but we'll give you the key <laughs> in another day. You know, like I <laughs> right. mean, like come on. Uh, he did you see that he played it up like he wants to do other things. He wants to do a wine line, and he wants to do another show he wants to do whatever like yeah but i just thought and, it would be really uh an interesting moment with to have. you know put him with andrade because that would oh, be there you go. it could be it like would, the future father-in-law and the son-in-law <laughs> right but it would just be really funny to have rick tully and Arn in yes in the ring together but tony shabani standing in front of him holding the microphone yes i exactly. mean that's, Hello. that's old school. Maybe they could give Shivani his old mustache back from those, you know, there's a couple of episodes of what Saturday night made of, or uh, the Saturday night show where he, he, he was, he was rocking the mustache back in the day. So um, yeah, but yeah, Ric Flair, eh, whatever, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if by next year he was back, <laughs> like, you know, Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah. I mean, you feel like you'll just, you know, work out something, but. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, him and Andrade. Like if if Andrade would have said he brought in Ric Flair over Chavo, that's when I would have been like, oh, that's that's yeah. something, you know, not not Chavo <laughs> or Vicky, like you know. But if it's Ric Flair, okay, now we're you know, maybe Ric Flair could have the little um, uh, necklace that Andrade wears, you know, with the the, the luchador mask. So uh-huh. yeah, um, yeah. But let me check. On Twitter, nope, no, uh, no releases yet. Good, okay, <laughs> we're we're still good. But, hey, um, all right. So finally, let's do one more commercial break and head into SmackDown. Some things happened there. We uh, we got our my most anticipated SummerSlam match official. Uh, that's definitely going to happen. So yeah, we'll talk up SmackDown here in forty seconds. So we start off the night with Sasha Banks back. You know, Michael Cole was just so ready to say up boss time. He he was been practicing all night, all week for that boss time call. Um, 
I, I hope one of these days um, Pat McAfee just tries to beat him to it just for fun and really probably <laughs> break Michael Cole down. But anyways, then, of course, we had Bianca Bear out there. We had Selena Vega. So we had Selena say, I want my title match. But then, you know, speaking of backtracking things, Greg, they'd have Selena go backstage and say, oh, well, this isn't a title match, even though you want a title match for the past two weeks. This is going to be an opportunity for a title match. And then it doesn't even matter because Selena loses. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, on that end, but we are officially getting Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks to rematch at SummerSlam. I think that'll be a good match to kind of see play out. Uh, I don't foresee Sasha winning, but you almost wonder if you will, just to kind of give Bianca that, you know, have to come back from it. So, um, so you could talk about Bianca Belair and Selena Vega. I thought it was a decent match, you know, but it is interesting that Selena lost, you know, even if you had Sasha interfere to give the win to Selena, you know, I, I thought you would have wanted to keep Selena kind of in that just outside the title picture. But now that she lost, it feels like, well, now she's out of it, you know, <laughs> like, you know, she, she doesn't get the opportunity because you lost your opportunity. So, uh, how'd you think about the how the way they played that off, Greg? Because I I did not like it. I didn't like it personally. Yeah, it's I just think Selena is the wrong person to put in the middle because I don't see her beating either, either one of them. Um, I don't know what female I see her beating. Period. So it wasn't like uh, Charlotte and Rhea and Oscar's in the middle, and or Charlotte and Rhea and even with Nikki in the middle, that uh, that person in the middle has a legit chance of, of beating either one of them. Um, having Zelina be that middle person was the wrong idea. Um, if it's Carmella, I can buy it. If it's, um, unfortunately, Bailey's gone, but if it's her in the middle, I could have bought it. Uh, there's other women that would have made more sense um, being the person who's the pendulum swinging between the two uh, big, big fish, right there. Did you keep Carmella in that spot instead of Selena? So, but then what does Selena do? Yeah, you could have if she hadn't already taken those losses to Bianca. Mm-hmm. Um, now it would have no, it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but I don't know who else on the. I mean, I guess um, lady side, but yeah, there you go. Uh, we haven't done I mean, much with her Liv, since Liv Morgan hasn't been on TV in, uh, I think a while, a month or so, a few weeks at least. True, so. but she would have been a better choice than than Zelina Vega for sure. Um, so it's it's just the the wrong person because you want somebody who's. Could, give, could put up a fight against um, Sasha and, you know, leave a lingering um, feeling that, okay, they could win if things fall the right way. But I never once would have that feeling about Zelina Vega. So, Or should they have done Zelina and Sasha for a number one contenders match? And then you still have the door open for Zelina to get a title shot down the road because she still hasn't got her match with Bianca. But, you know, they yeah. they did what they did. And like we said, uh, 
has Selena already fallen out of, you know, any sort of favor of WWE or, you know, are they just make her eat losses because she resigned? Like, that's like, I can't figure out like what, you know, not that I thought she was going to be a champion right away, but eating these men, this many L's right away is a little telling, isn't it? It is. Um, she is best, you know, as a mouthpiece or as part of a, a group. Uh, yeah. So her forming some type of alliance or uh, getting behind, you know, a big star and just being that little factor that interferes or, um, you know, does already underhanded tricks is more her her role. So her coming up with some big, you know, imagine if Raquel Gonzalez comes up and Zelina's her mouthpiece or uh, something like that. You know, her behind the heavy, now she's a force. Um, so something like that. But as a standalone with no backup, no, and just relying on her own, you know, in-ring work, no. Yeah. Uh, so Jay Uso defeated Dominic Mysterio. Now, I thought this was interesting because Dominic's like, okay, I don't need you out there, Dad. But then... <laughs> Ray Mysterio was out there anyway. So I was like, well, what was the whole purpose of that when Ray Mysterio was out there anyway? And you kind of figured Dominic would lose because, you know, he said he could do without Ray. Um, and he thought, I, we're going to see these four guys fight again at SummerSlam. I still think the Usos retain. You know, we're not really at the breakup point of the bloodline type stuff. I feel like we're just we've just untapped that, you know, so we need to figure out where that goes. But do we see a falling out of Dominic and Ray maybe in the near future? That's what I'm, I'm thinking is that it's going to happen at some point. So you may as well do it big uh, at SummerSlam and you know, the rest of the legato comes up and there you got your faction. And, you know, he's going to uh, maybe he and Santos are co-leaders or, you know, they find some way to 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 blend their their forces. But are you uh, going to could you have Escobar treat him like a father figure? Right. This is how Ray should have done you or treated you or whatever. Uh, something Even like that. Yeah, it, it does look I mean. They look kind of close in age, so maybe you have, you know, like he doesn't have, you know, it. I guess it could work because, like you said, a father figure. But um, yeah, I think that. I mean, that would be interesting because then that would give them, you know, the Ray Mysterio reason to fight. Now, who would have Ray's back? Because <laughs> then you don't want Ray getting beat down by Legato de Fantasma all the time. So we'd have to figure out who could come up and, you know, kind of have a Ray's back, but. But Escobar and Dominic, that could be an interesting kind of, you know, almost like a, a Luke and or Darth Vader and, you know, uh, Anakin <laughs> right. type steel, you know. Um, you know, but I, I feel like that's coming sooner rather than later. And that's gonna be really that's gonna be the 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 that's gonna be the sink or swim though for Dominique, you know, on its own. Yeah. Now, yeah. Even if he does get kind of hooked up with Escobar, which you know, we probably don't see coming, but that will truly be because that's going to be his own time. So 
uh, King Nakamura. I can't roll my R's like Rick Boobs, but <laughs> I wish I could. I always failed that part in Spanish class, but anyways. So uh, he defeated Paul Cruz because Commander Aziz came in there and, you know, took care of things. Do we see Nakamura win the IC title at SummerSlam, or is that still a little bit away, Greg? Um, not on this one. Um, maybe Very down the road. Rules. Yeah, he's getting a lot of mileage out of the whole King um, shtick, mm-hmm. and you know, people are eating it up. Yeah, I know. I haven't got sick of seeing uh, McAfee dancing and acting a fool. Whatever, he, when, whatever uh, he was doing yesterday, like <laughs> even Michael Cole was like, because he started bringing his leg up like on the stand. I was like, what? Like he doesn't even know what he's doing. Like, yeah, and then just, McAfee are cold with the light of the night. Well, it's glad, glad you dressed up for the night. <laughs> right. So. You, know, you see us wearing cargo shorts underneath his, his sport jacket. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's just hilarious that the game team comes out. We're looking to see what McAfee's going to be doing. Um, McAfee is, is growing on me more and more each week. So I. It, I think that's kind of the, the thought of the universe as well. So. I don't think they've – and they haven't shackled McAfee yet. So, right. But I think because uh, I think it was a smart move to put him with Michael Cole because they're probably thinking, well, you're going to you, – this is your kid. You know, this is your – if he you know if he fails, it's your fault. You know, we're going to yep. let the shackles off, but, you know, it's all on you. Like, whatever happens. So um, how about Tegan Knox defeated Tamina? We saw the the um the 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 ammo involved. What a, what a distraction for Tamina to be. She didn't even get hit by it. <laughs> like that's the thing. Like at least get her like get hit by it. But Tegan Knox picks up the win, and you know we're whenever Natalia is ready to come back, we'll get those tag teams going at it. But you know what? I already want to go to Greg, Edge, Seth freaking Rollins, officially official. That is my match of that's going to be my match to watch. You know, we this is the one, it, and I love that they keep bringing up the past. This is the one that you know, it's so weird. <laughs> what do you know? Bringing up the past is helping your storyline, like they can learn that about right. NXT. But, exactly. um, Edge and Seth Rollins, like, and even you know, I feel like Seth is going to pick up the win, but you know, there's still, I, I still feel like it could be a coin toss, <laughs> you know, it, it, it could go either way because. Both guys, you know, like we always say, need the win. Um, you know, I love the the back and forth. I was, I thought maybe, and I, I love Seth bringing up. Well, you're a dad, and I'm a dad. I think that was like I just like, ooh, you know, even the crowd's like, oh, like so. Bring, uh-huh. I think you know, if we could bring up Becky and Beth into it at some point, like that would be, you know, I know I don't, you know, we normally don't love, you know, couple type matches, but I feel like. Be- Becky and Beth are both on a different level. Like, you know, this, you know, it's not Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin against Seth Rollins and Becky. This is, <laughs> this is two Hall of Famers, you know, and if, you know, maybe Becky's kind of tired of being the good guy. Maybe she wants to be the bad girl again. So, you know, who knows what her and Seth as a power couple on TV could be like. So um, I would love to see that like Royal Rumble time, you know, if we could do, mm-hmm. That type of deal, you know, Survivor Series. I don't know, but um, you know, I think that could be fun. So, have at it, Greg. What do you think about Edge and Seth Rollins' verbal war going back and forth? 
Yeah, it's great promo, and I guess it's a good thing it's WWE history and not, you know, NXT history because it wouldn't have got mentioned. Um, so just great back and forth. I expect, you know, we got two more weeks of it uh, before the match goes down. Um, and I agree with you. This should be a five-star match uh, with with these two. And you don't know which way it's going to go. Um, they're both, you know, right at the top of their at their game right now. Um, Edge has worked out the kinks in his game. Um, he's been looking solid in the ring. Uh, Seth is Seth, and they just work so well off each other. It's amazing. So uh, it's going to be one of my top three matches to watch uh, on SummerSlam, also. So well, Edge take a buckle bomb. From Seth Rollins. I bet he will. He, he won't take the I, I stomp, he but he's going to take the buckle ball. I mean, that's the best test of... I hate saying it like that's the best test of your neck, I guess. I mean, don't ask Sting about it, but, you know, like, you know, that's <laughs> that's uh, that's an interesting, you know, thing there. So, uh, Street Profits defeated Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Just in case, Greg, you wanted Dirty Dog's gear it is officially official in the shop they have a shirt for sale so uh for christmas you might be getting a special shirt from me oh <laughs> because by man. then it's gonna be like it's gonna be half off i'm sure by then so. <laughs> so, no <laughs> it might but but the dirty dogs uh any thoughts on this i mean i guess it's a way to get the street profits Kind of, you know, slowly working their way back up with, um, uh, oh, the Usos. Sorry, I had a brain freeze on the the tag team champions. I was like, you know, that's what happens when you win on a pre-show, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of forget because I was like, well, I know it's not the Mysterios because Ray doesn't have the title on round him. So I was like, well, who's the tag team champs? Yeah, so I guess you know we might get the Street Profits and Usos down the road. For the titles i mean you could probably do ziggler and rude if you want but now that they have official merchandise i mean uh any thoughts on <laughs> street profits and the the dirty dogs yeah i was i was thinking that uh you know they took their team name away when i just saw dz and rr on the uh on the tron but uh they turned around they had you know official jackets um but I'm happy to see my guys, the Street Profits, back on um, after the, you know they worked out their injury his, uh, issues. Um, but yeah, they need to get them back into the ring with the Usos. And SummerSlam is probably too soon because uh, it, yeah, because they're finishing off the the Mysterio business. Yeah, but yeah, I would say maybe like the during the fall. Yeah. Um, and I gotta share this. Hopefully, it'll come up. WWE shop. Boom. There it is. Oh. Ah. They're even. They're even on the. They're even on the front page. <laughs> Downright dirty. And apparently, there's. If you want the the index, I kind of like that. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of like that shirt actually. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, okay. it's a cartoon and. But anyway, so 
Uh, what else we got? Yeah, so uh, they they give them new shirts and give them give them the uh, the old. We're gonna give you the front page of the shop. So there we go. Um, Bianca Belair defeated defeated Zelina Vega. I was so excited that Bianca beat her. You know, I just couldn't stop myself. <laughs> but uh, Finn Bauer defeated Baron Corbin, and then like we brought up last week. Finn had to come out and do this, say, I'm not the normal Finn. I'm not the Finn of old. I'm not happy, smiley Finn. But then he gets beat down by Roman Reigns and the Usos. And so my big question is, well, who's going to come? I mean, I guess Finn's just going to have to take them on his own. Because I don't know who fits in. I mean, it's probably going to be Finn and Cena teaming up for a little bit. You know, maybe maybe that's our SummerSlam go-home match or, our, you know, like the – Go home show match instead of you know I was thinking maybe the Mysterios and Cena, maybe it's Finn and you know Cena against Roman and Jay or Roman and Jimmy or something like that or three on two. But but I don't know who you know Adam Cole was backstage. Could we get Adam Cole <laughs> helping out Finn? <laughs> you know the little we get a little too sweet action there. Former Bullet Club members, not at the same time, but you know. Uh, is there any, you know, do you have any thoughts, Greg, on who could come out to kind of save Finn Bauer? Because, you know, is it Baron? Is it Corbin? Do we get, do we try to, <laughs> we've already tried to get Kevin Owens to help Baron Corbin. Do we get, you know, Finn to try to help him? Yeah, no. Um, I hope not because. The, the guy who almost stole his championship match. Yeah. Uh, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, Finn is going to be a lone wolf and he's gonna um you know take on the machine by himself uh even if it means taking beat downs um i i like it and it, it's exactly what needed to happen is that uh he goes ahead and and takes care of corbin and then you know acknowledges what happens on uh, the last week's show with uh cena swooping into his spot and saying i got a problem with you too uh, it's not going to be a match, but I can see them both in the in the ring, um, you know, cutting the promo on each other. And the only thing that keeps it from getting physical is Roman gets, comes out and it takes out. Um, or, you know, yeah, or he just comes out on the mic and just kind of takes the the uh, spotlight off of them and yeah. pulls it back onto himself. Um, Will we see Cena so, and Finn at any point? Uh, could that be WrestleMania? Could that be a WrestleMania match? It could be. <laughs> do we do we see Cena, Cena longer than you know six months in the, in I mean, the I, business right now? Well, he doesn't. I mean, he could come back at Rumble time and build up. You know, what if it'd be really screwy if like Cena eliminated? Finn at Royal Rumble, and then you really have. Well, there you, you go. Tried to, you but. you took my contract and you took my Royal Rumble. Like, you know, I want you at Wrestle, you know, um, you know, type deal. But uh, there was somewhere else I wanted to go, but now I can't, of course, remember my train of thought. But yeah, well, we're, I, I think we're going to get Finn and Roman at Extreme Rules. Yeah. And I wonder yeah, if that, that will be the sense. TLC. I think that could be a TLC match. Yeah. Um, so, and do we do do we think that Finn could be the guy to take it off of Roman? 
No. <laughs> I mean, I would love it, but it's – I don't know. I don't know who I see taking the title off Roman, honestly. Because I feel like Big E is more – like, I feel like, like, we, like I said earlier, I wonder if the Big E towards Roman is just a red herring, like a decoy. Yeah. And I don't – but I – but like I said, I don't know who we. I've seen people say it could be Drew. <laughs> like you'd have to circle back sometime. Like you know, like maybe Drew wins. The, I mean, would people probably be over Drew winning another Royal Rumble though? So it almost take Drew getting drafted to SmackDown or you know somehow you know Elimination Chamber or something like that. But I don't know who I see taking off Roman right. You know, like there's you know I. I mean, I still <laughs> Cesaro was out there, and I thought, you know, even if you did a one-time thing and Roman wins it back the next week, I thought that could have been something. But um, I don't see Finn doing it. I mean, you know, it, it's not going to be Cena, is it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, just to break Ric Flair's yeah. record. I mean, that would that would really put it to Ric Flair. He's not even in the company anymore, and then Cena <laughs> beats his record the day, you know. A, a month, the month he gets released, <laughs> Cena breaks the record. Like, yeah. So, um, well, who do you, do you have any names out there? I, I don't know. Like, I can't. Yeah, I kind of agree with you that it's going to take the uh, roster shakeup to put his next challenger in line. Whether it's bringing Drew over, what makes sense because Drew's kind of he's back at the bottom of the barrel on Raw. And he has history and, with Roman anyway. Yeah, so they had the one match that. But you, you almost know, feel like it needs need to be to somebody back. who needs that big win over Roman, you know, like mm-hmm. an up, like a Big E, or Cesaro. <laughs> like, I mean, is it Seth? I feel like I feel like Seth is 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 like undercurrent, like he's just rolling along, and you feel like he's going to sneak into that title picture, and does he? healed up but you know i feel like people would cheer seth to win the title but does he healed up even more to win you know to beat roman because that's what it's going to take it feels like you know it's going to take something like that so could it be seth rollins of everybody on the current roster right now seth makes the most sense mm-hmm. um you know is every week you know they have the history to work off of they have seth that his heel best right now just he's car salesman slimy right now and um it would it would make the most sense of anybody who's on the roster right now um and that's why i was surprised in the briefcase like because the briefcase is the cheapest way to win you know a cash in type deal and he can rub it in edge's face saying i did something you couldn't do so, yeah. and who knows? Maybe we get Seth and Edge too at WrestleMania. Maybe, maybe Seth takes a title off Roman before then. You know, because you could get Seth and Edge at WrestleMania for the title. I mean, I if people don't care that <laughs> that Edge is getting another title shot by then, but um, yeah, I I think it's Seth Rollins. Honestly, you know, that's because I like I said, I keep thinking Big E on SmackDown is just a big old decoy uh, to get it off. Lashley or Goldberg, if Goldberg would somehow beat Lashley, you know, by some hand of God, maybe we could get the moist stick out there or something. I don't know, but, um, <laughs> you know, 
what a cheap way for Lashley to lose his title like that. So, um, yeah, well, that, you know, that's, yeah, I, Seth Rollins is the big name. I mean, I would love to see Finn do it. Finn deserves a legit title run too. You yeah. know, not being injured, not giving it up. I mean, but I still feel like Finn is a little bit away from totally having that momentum that he had. Even though, like, I mean, back then they built it up in, what, three weeks? You know, he debuted, beat Roman on that roll, and then was in the title picture against Seth. So, you know, you could do it, but for Finn's sake, I think I'd rather build a slow, you know, a good Royal Rumble run, and then, you know, maybe maybe he finds himself in the title picture again at WrestleMania or something like that, or, you know. But I do see Finn and Roman at Extreme Rules, maybe TLC match, just to kind of, let Roman have all his tools, you know, at his disposal. And then I think Seth kind of sneaks along and just picks up wins. And then before we know it, Seth, you know, because you also got to remember Seth keeps ringing up. He asked for that title match against Roman and Edge swooped in there and got it. So, yeah, um, I love uh, Paul Heyman's line, by the way, of, you know, the contract thing still not being involved, you know, um, void because yeah what if what if we took out tom brady or what if i took out <laughs> stephen curry and wrote stephen Adjami and got my 200 million dollar <laughs> contract you might not right. see me on this show anymore greg i would say that <laughs> or i might be broadcasting live from a unknown <laughs> unknown location but right um i mean yeah i could just put because me and Stephen Curry, even though I go by Stephen, we spell it the same. So, heck, just make Stephen A instead of Stephen C. And I could have his second. That uh, We're not a basketball show, but isn't that crazy to think his second <laughs> $200 million contract. I think I between know, the both insane. of us, I feel okay saying this. We might not even have a one <laughs> $200 million contract between the two of us, Greg, <laughs> in our lifetime. And he earned a second one. I mean, to talk about a career out of Davidson, <laughs> like, right? Who would have thought? Like, you know. But anyway, congrats to him. You know, I'll, I'll say that. I'm jealous of him too. But anyways, <laughs> and he has Subway commercials, so he he's got even endorsement money. So like, <laughs> right? But holy moly! Yeah, there was some guy that said he he even touch his contract money. Was it Marshawn Lynch or somebody like that? Who said they never touch their contract money because of the endorsement deals? Like they could literally have their endorsement deal to make their living, and they'd even need to touch their contract. Which, yeah, Marshawn Lynch and JJ did the same thing. Where are you, Tubi? We want you to sponsor (laughs) us. I'm gonna get Dan involved with Tubi (laughs) because we have given them. That's right, Tubi. Go to Tubi, watch Blue Turner Brown, but uh... sponsor our show. They can exactly. join with Carba Coin and um, Rogue Energy and uh, Sean Nugent and Bomb Burgers and all of our other sponsors. Tubi can join us. So uh, we have gone off the rails here. This is my notes. The note. The notes are <laughs> just so that we have <laughs> we're, we have moved on from the shows. But anyway, so thank you for watching. Any parting words for our lovely guests, Greg? What should we be watching on Tubi this weekend? Oh, always go and watch at least one episode of Lucha Underground. You'll love it. Um, <laughs> and uh, big UFC fights tonight. Um, the heavyweights go at it uh, with uh, Derek Lewis and Cyril Gaon. 
Joe Gunn undefeated, Derek Lewis. Where's this happening is, now? Uh, um, this is in Texas, in uh, Derek Lewis's backyard. He's from okay. Houston. I think the uh, show's in Houston. Oh, so, so he's going to uh, lose. Yeah, probably. Oh, if, wait. Uh, WWE's booking it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you got two guys who have uh, bombs in both their fists, and this is not going to go the five rounds that it's scheduled for, guaranteed. And uh, this is going to be the next guy to fight Nganu. Unless John Jones says he's, or finally says he's ready, Dana White came out and offered John Jones uh, a title fight right now. And there hasn't been a response He's the guy uh, that's been suspended yet. a lot, right? Yeah. He, he his brother been... was on the Colts and got suspended for steroids. Like, so it runs yeah. in the family. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he's done it wrong all over the place, from steroids to losing his USC 200 spot for taking a Cialis. Mm. Um, you know, okay. somebody who's in their 20s should not be taking a Cialis. I don't care how hard you train. Um, so he lost millions and millions of dollars for one blue pill. Um, but aside from that, you know, the... The drugs, the cocaine, you know, hit and run on a pregnant woman. Um, he's just a dirtbag of the highest order. But nobody's by the UFC, <laughs> right? Nobody's seen him take a beating yet, and that's what yeah. we've been waiting for. And his his skills have been diminishing, but his mouth is strong as ever. So um, I think it's finally going to happen where. He's going to run into a young lion that's better than he is, and he's going to get smoked. Um, but until it happens, you know, he has that cachet attached to his name. But uh, that's what this fight is kind of setting up. Um, a contender to the champ, if John Jones doesn't go ahead and, and take the uh, olive branch that Dana White's offered. So, big UFC fight tonight, and... Happy that NFL is back. Um, my, so. my two big Colt players have a big weekend, Edrin and uh, Peyton. It's been funny to see Edrin James, like, really, he's really been taking this up. And then Peyton just looks like he's shown up, like, business as usual. Like, like he knew he was going to be, you know what I mean? Like, it's been interesting there, the two way that they've been celebrating. Because I don't know if you know, Edrin got a pimped out, Gold Cadillac rolling into really? Canton all weekend. I mean, this thing is – it's gold seating, purplish, has like the Hall <laughs> of Fame, like cut it, like the silhouette. I mean, he – yeah, he's – and then you got like Peyton, like just showing up with like his little, you know, his water bottle. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, hey, I'm here. I'm Peyton. So um, Jim Ursay will be inducting um, Edron James today because, you know, they're doing – two days they're doing the 2020 class then then to 2021 and then i believe archie is going to do peyton so um because bill polian who was kind of the architect of that Colts team i think he is not under like he couldn't travel to go with them and i think he would have inducted peyton but uh, i believe it's archie manning i could be wrong but i you know i would imagine it's archie inducted him so but gotcha. yeah, and didn't uh, Andrew Luck say he's coming back? 
What are you trying? What are you throwing this pipe bomb on us for? Oh. <laughs> it was, I thought Bill, I saw Bill that earlier this week. Philip Rivers goes. I'm not holding out. Like I'm not. I'm an open to return if the opportunity comes. It was Philip Rivers because Rivers was uh-huh. retired from us. Yeah. Right, but I thought Andrew Luck says I'm coming out of no, 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 don't throw that bomb here, Greg. <laughs> do, you know, do you know how we're we're trying to get a far, like? I I don't know when that's going to go away. Like honestly, I have no clue. I guess until we win a title. Like uh, if we win another Super Bowl, there will probably still be people saying, "Oh, Andrew will go come back next year to come." Like you know, it it comes up all the time. Like it it never really goes away. And I don't know when it's going to go. I guess until we get a quarterback that can, you know. And now you saw every other guy is going down with a foot injury. So Carson Wentz had foot surgery. And he's out 5 to 12 weeks. Um, uh, Darius Leonard, who's our top. Or no, Quint Nelson, who's the, you know, killer offensive lineman. The same foot, the same surgery the next day. Like had the same 5 to 12 weeks. So I'm like, is Rex Ryan in the building? Like, is he messing with our feet? <laughs> I mean, I know he loves feet, but you know, I thought true. he loved them. I didn't think he <laughs> Forgot hated about them. that. So, you know, whatever. But, yeah. And then they said some other guy had, like, foot issues. Like, I'm like, what? Is, do they need to be practicing on bubble wrap? Like, you know, so, yeah. But, but Phil Rivers, I mean, he said he would come back for the right situation. And I'm thinking, well, that's my guy. I love PR seven. We might need him for you know five. Well, not five. Get you know, we might need him for a few games. But and you know, and now you got to think the preseason is only three games. So I mean, they're saying Wentz could be available by the first game. I'll believe it when I see it because, like we said, surgery. I mean, on your foot <laughs> as a quarterback, like that can't be. And it was already an injury that he had. So um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No more Andrew Luck bombs in the middle of the, you know. Yeah, we get um, you get you get the Colts caller on Talk Show Radio saying, "Well, I heard from my cousin down the street that works at you know St. <laughs> Elmo's that saw Andrew Luck having dinner with Ursay, and then you know you get you know that. So <laughs> it's like Ferris Bueller. I saw I saw him pass out of thirty one flavors last night. <laughs> so, <laughs> But I, yeah, heck, I'd probably take Peyton over Andrew Luck. At the, but anyway, you know, <laughs> with Peyton's, you know, weak ass arm and neck. <laughs> so, but anyways, congrats to all the Hall of Famers, though. And like I said, it's it's a cool moment to see Edron James because I don't think Edron James gets a lot of love for what he, I mean, he had, and he had a short career. That's, you know, he was like the Barry Sanders. Like, but he was so in his mm-hmm. prime. I mean, luckily he got that one Super Bowl. You know, because if he doesn't get that Super Bowl, I don't know if he does get the the recognition that he has earned. You know, at least Peyton got the second one with, you know, Tampa or with, I started to say Tampa, Denver to help (laughs) him, you know, solidify his career. I mean, then again, if Peyton doesn't get, you know, that first ring, does he get in the Hall of Fame? I mean, I think he does eventually, but, you know, this, you know, now he's a first ballot. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, I think it, even if you're on your last try and you get in, like you're still a Hall of Famer. So. Right. Um, can't be the WWE and just have Vince say, hey, you're going in the Hall of Fame. 
we got to have a bunch of people voting on it. So, anyways, enjoy the whole thing. <laughs> so, thank you for watching. Uh, as always, fun times. Uh, we are two weeks away. We already got Brittany. She, I sent her, I sent her the SummerSlam preview. I was like, here, start doing your research. So she's going to help us predict these matches. Hey, uh, shout out to Brittany. I know. I don't know if she'll do NXT. We might just keep her on. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I want to give her a lot of homework, <laughs> especially being a combat fighter. She might be, you know, prepping for a fight or whatever. But uh, and then I believe we'll have my friend Jay on from Talking WWE with Jay Days. So we'll have a four-person panel hopefully for that. Uh, did you nice. see Rampage is going to have a four-person booth for those episodes? I did see that. Ramp- That's a lot of voices. Especially yeah, when you have voice. Big Show, Mark Henry, Excalibur, and Chris Jericho. And you already know Jericho is going to overrun that booth the whole night. So <laughs> hopefully they'll like do that just for the first couple and then be like, okay, maybe just Excalibur and Big Show one week and Excalibur and Mark Henry or whoever you know is available. So um, anyways, talk to you guys later. Have a great weekend.